0: Some boys fly.
1: Ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome back for another Bizzlecast. It's four weeks ago today that I brought on for the first time Brittany Howarth, aka Brick Girl, Nova Stream, and Australia's Own. Brittany, back then we had just seen Wonder Woman. We thought it was going to do great things. Here we are four weeks later, and it has met or surpassed any expectations. Welcome back, and what are your initial reactions?
0: Wow. Like, I, I was just looking at the box office numbers, and Wonder Woman actually beat Logan on its opening weekend here. Wow. I was surprised
1: wow interesting interesting so when we met uh you had seen it twice i was just coming back from europe and managed to fit it i like literally landed got back home and three hours later went to go see it uh on that friday (laughs) and then we recorded on my time that saturday sunday your time literally exactly four weeks ago now at that point we knew the opening was going to be somewhat over 100 million which was somewhat above expectations uh, domestically here um but uh not above my expectations I was actually hoping for a little uh, hoping for a little bit more and now that has turned out to be completely irrelevant because this has had basically the lowest drop off per weekend of any American film uh, in history with with a handful of exceptions. We're going to get to the box office in a minute because I think it's important to highlight how important all these goals um, that it's passed um, have been and continue to be including now beating Suicide Squad and BVS in America which I was hoping would happen, but I wasn't sure would happen. But before we get into that, Britt, real quick, it's four weeks later. You had seen the movie twice. A, have you seen the movie more times? And B, just having it stew and marinate over the last few weeks. Any new kind of thoughts, either big picture or more specific things um, a a few weeks later?
0: Well, I have seen it an extra time, and I saw it with my mom and one of my mom's closest friends. Nice. And we we went into the theater and... So the first time I saw it was the premiere. The second time I saw it, it was gold class. Um, so the first time packed, second time the gold class was actually pretty full as well, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, usually there's like a f- few seats empty. Yep. And then I saw it again probably a week, maybe two weeks after with my mum and her her friend in just normal screening. And it was still like packed by normal standards. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't know the um, the figures at that point for for Australia and how it's going, but I think it's pretty much the same thing. It's it's it was keeping traction, keeping money flowing in, and the, and it was really funny because you can. When I was in gold class, I when the the twist at the very end, which we'll talk about, there was a guy off to my right who audibly gasped. Yeah. He was like, "What?" I know. So it's like it's still. It's amazing how it's, it's still keeping up. And I would like to put my money on saying that I think Wonder Woman 2 is going to do incredible right. and probably going to be up there as first or second in Australia. Yep,
1: And I think it's going to be better just in general because I, 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 I happen to think that the second movie among the solos – Tends to be better Now Iron Man and Thor 2 were not great But Captain America the Winter Soldier Was a huge jump in both money and quality From the first one mm. And this is a much better first origin story Than the Captain America the first Avenger So if, if the jump in quality proportionally Is the same I think we're looking at like the greatest Or one of the greatest solo films of all time In Wonder Woman 2 We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves This is a spoiler podcast guys <laughs> We thought we were maybe going to talk about spoilers last time But we just had too much other shit to talk about which was awesome it's why I split it into two um, both are doing very well Brett so thank you um, getting tons of downloads and great feedback from people I think it was a smart decision that we uh, decided to split those up into two um, especially because we wanted to get our hot take out for uh, Wonder Woman uh, pretty quickly this will be a spoilers podcast guys um, but uh, yeah I had someone gasp audibly at the Ares reveal and the thing is I was totally spoiled on that already going in I didn't care I didn't know how it was yeah, going to unfold too. but with all all of the trailers and marketing materials and TV stuff. I mean, if you look at it now, so I went back after seeing the movie and rewatched all the trailers and everything. And it like, it spoils almost the entire movie. You just don't have any context for it.
0: But the trailers, like, it's just, it's, I love how trailers are doing this nowadays. And we see this in a lot of, um, just, uh, mostly DC trailers and guardians of the galaxy are the ones that really pop into my mind where they're cutting it to these really phenomenal songs. Or even just, in Wonder Woman's case, even the soundtrack, the one—the one, the wicked guitar solo.
1: Mm-hmm. It's actually a cello. It's an electric cello.
0: Oh, it's an electric cello. That just
1: makes it so much cooler. Oh, you haven't seen the video with Tina Kuo, the young Asian chick who inspired Hans Zimmer to do it and actually plays on the soundtrack? Oh my god, she's amazing.
0: I didn't know that. I thought that was just a cover. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that she was actually that... I am, I am really impressed. I'm really happy with that. This is the That's movie so that cool. just
1: keeps on giving, right? And the more you learn about it. It does.
0: Yeah. It does.
1: Um, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, I'm just chewing here. <laughs> I thought you were going to say <laughs> something. <laughs> I'm just chewing some beef jerky here. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sorry, it's been a weird week. Um, so, um, but yeah, but the thing is, oh, this is I did want to talk to you about. So, a business listener, just a little bit of an overview So, we're going to talk about sort of our thoughts four weeks later. We're going to dive into box office numbers because Britt's probably seen a bunch of this, but I found some other interesting numbers that maybe you haven't come across with that show how historic this is, not just for comic book films, but for all big budget Hollywood movies. Um, you know, from, from ever, from forever until now. We'll see how it is going forward. Do want to get a few um, bigger stuff up uh, up front, but I have to say, Brett, I was really pumped for this movie. But when they dropped the final Rise of the Warrior trailer with Imagine Dragons, like at the MTV Awards, like three or four weeks before the movie, honestly, including watching fan reactions, I've probably seen that trailer like a hundred times, and like I've watched it numerous (laughs) times since then because. I love that version of the Imagine Dragon song better than the original. And when you add in the you know the, the clips from the movie, it's just such an amazing visceral experience. And actually, the original song is only two minutes, so the remixed version on the Rise of the Warrior final trailer, you know, which blew up the internet and, and solidified any you know, any doubts that were still lingering um, among fans, mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, I think, uh, dispelled from them. Um, and, and the music is so good; I could listen to it all day. I actually ripped. <laughs> I ripped the music from the the trailer just so i can have the audio of it
0: i don't blame you honestly i'm i'm just playing it in my head i want to find the trailer now but i'm like no just i
1: know calm down
0: you don't have to watch it i know i
1: know it's it's so inspiring and it's the thing you can almost you can almost relive the movie after seeing it you get like a three minute you know um experiencing it again but anyways they gave away a lot in that trailer but what they did smartly was say look we're almost at the finish line. People are accusing us of not doing enough marketing. The trailers to date have been good, but not amazing. And we want to dispel any rumors that this thing's a mess or is going to be anything less than incredible. And what they did was, if you look at the trailer, they give you the entire first third of the movie origin story, essentially. I mean, they basically give you everything up until no man's land uh, in, 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 little vignettes. And I think that's great. like, Let me phrase it this way. For all the stuff that, you know, Spider-Man's been getting crushed for giving away too much in the trailers, which haven't even been that good. What if there was just a decision where it's like, we're going to just give away the first third of the movie to people to get them excited, right? Because especially in these origin stories, who Mm. cares? You're not there just for the first third. You're there for the entire thing. And there's still lots of character beats like in Wonder Woman. Like, you know, you could release a thousand trailers and not even get a fraction of the Steve Trevor, Diana Prince back and forth that you get in the movie. So especially in an origin story, in a character, that you're not that familiar with just show us a little bit of that origin story with, yeah. with a tiny bit of action like we see a little bit of battles of a- battle with aries but it's out of context um yeah go ahead
0: and the thing is i don't think the trailer actually ruined anything because oh, yeah. we don't really i don't think we even got to see young diana and how beautiful it was how all the women kind of worked together to raise the only child on their island well, that was the
1: final trailer
0: it was, it was in there.
1: That was the one you told me the story like the, the whole beginning of it is, is little Diana being told uh, the story by her it. mom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I love. But, um, but yeah, but it, it, even, even though like, I, I still don't think it ruins any moments because they're so impacting anyway. Like you, we got to see no man's land in like every single trailer with the, with the beat of the music of the drums going, do, 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 do with all the guns and stuff. And, although we saw that in each of the trailers, it didn't take anything away. And from what I hear, Patty had to fight so hard to keep that scene in. I know. And I'm so happy she did. It's probably... I- I put that above the battle with Ares. I think oh, yeah. that was just so amazing, and it didn't need the, the special effects and stuff that was heavily used at the other end. And although they did pull that orange, that beautiful orange color through with um, with all the fire and, and her going through in her godlike state, beating up the Germans and stuff, it can't trump No Man's no. Land. It just can't. No, And it's actually kind of funny that it's called No Man's Land. Yeah. It's just considering everything like this film is um so about like it's it's incorporating I guess like a unity of men and women and it's kind of like no we can't cross this land it's no man's land well what about a woman <laughs> and it's just uh, little bits like that that just make the film yes we saw them it saw those parts in the trailer but it doesn't take away at all from the film
1: I'm at a point number. you know, I, I see these movies a lot. I think I've seen Wonder Woman five times, but it's been at least a week and a half. I think I saw it two Sundays ago, and as to your point earlier, so I saw it two Sundays ago, and it was a late Sunday show. It was like an 8 or 8.30 p.m., which he, for this country is, is a late Sunday show in terms of getting up the next day for work. It wasn't a holiday or anything. And it was almost completely packed, and it wasn't a huge theater. But like, I couldn't believe it, and people were clapping. And I, I, that honestly, that fifth viewing was the best Chris Pine viewing. Everything he said, people were dying in the theater. Like you could tell mm-hmm. they weren't expecting to to find him and Steve Trevor so hilarious.
0: And that's one thing my um my one of my friends who I got into comics, and she just she got attached to Wonder Woman like a year or two before the film Mm -hmm. um, came out. And when she heard the film was coming out, she was getting excited but nervous, obviously. But she was saying that she had never really cared for Steve Trevor as a character. She felt like he was just there. And in some um, renditions, he's either absolutely not there at all or he's even an older man who is just in the army and not a love interest so this film is actually the first time she after reading all these comics and she's read more wonder woman than me it's the first time she's actually seen steve trevor as an adequate love interest and an equal for wonder woman and he is he's portrayed as that and i think that's fantastic that they've given a love interest that much um, that much character in this film. Cause usually the love interest is kind of, they do a little bit, but they don't do that much. And he has, he has this wonderful presence and he has this wonderful comedic timing and the comedic timing around all the cast is actually fantastic. Especially at candy, yep. her little faces. She pulls oh are God. incredible.
1: Oh, Lucy Davis. She's hilarious. Do you know who Lucy Davis is by the way? No.
0: Well, this is the funny thing. Yeah. I saw her picture. Um, as not Etta Candy like just everyday her and I was like what
1: did you know who she was What? she
0: looks nothing like Etta Candy
1: do you know what she's most famous for no I don't she played the I can't remember her name because I'm watched the US version so much she played the role of Pam on the original UK office the secretary who was the love interest of Martin Freeman
0: you've got to be kidding I've got to look this up now
1: oh yeah I'm not shitting you this is a real thing yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, That's hilarious. Yeah, it's her. It's her. She's so funny and great oh, no. and awkward in, that, in the original UK office. I mean, I, but I never yeah. would have made the connection until someone pointed it out. Mm. Great, yeah, amazing. Well, she looks thing
0: great with red hair. Maybe she should be that girl. It, it,
1: it's the thing is they have. <laughs> right. Exactly. The, the side characters are so good in Wonder Woman. It's almost a shame like in Rogue One that they're all just going to gonna have to go away for for time reasons um mm. you know like with captain america they always knew that bucky was going to come forward because that's how it is in the comics and because Sebastian Stins, a fucking great actor has great chemistry with uh, I was going to say Steve Rogers with Chris Evans <laughs> uh, people think Bucky as in the comic is going to take over the Captain America role from um, uh, Steve Rogers when he who either retires or, or so forth yeah uh, but I um,
0: wouldn't be surprised I think that would be interesting but the
1: point is they had to go to great lengths for like one of Steve Rogers' f- ca- uh, friends from the past to come forward it's going to be mm. difficult to do because Eddie and the wonder woman comics at least the most recent ones is fantastic um and uh i'll say you know i've been trying to catch up on these wonder womans I, okay so i've officially read the entire 25 issue greg rucka run from this past year i just bought the final deluxe issue read the entire rebirth wow. thing 25 issues in the last i don't know a few weeks um and, and it really is it's sort of a, a parallel uh uh, reboot with the movie. It takes place in the modern day, but the characters are very similar to the way they're portrayed by Chris Pine and Gal Gadot and so forth. And there's just a wonderful connection. And this is also in some of the older ones, a wonderful connection with Steve Trevor, where they're kind of on again, off again, but they have a spiritual connection. And like she can find mm-hmm. him when he's in need, at, even at times. It's almost like, and this goes by the way, along with her being, you know, sort of sexually all over the spectrum and, in, not, in her world you know the line between friend and not friend is not such a big deal like we make it out in our society you know that you can go in and out of relationships she almost has this sort of pansexual thing going and it's kind of cool because I think we all have people in our lives who maybe we dated or like had an attraction to who we're friends with or maybe on again off again you always have that kind of connection I think they've done that really well in the recent comics at least of where they ha- you don't know if they're going to end up together or not because it's always complicated and they're you know they're both sort of secret in their own ways um but again i would love to hear from your friend or maybe you know she's told you um if that's ever really been the case before it sounds like they've bumped up his his role a bit in the comics
0: well they have i um, just talking about the relationship thing they've definitely touched on um just relationships on themaskara and how the women you know well they'd be lonely of course they you know find romance yep. with each other so it's definitely touched on in um one comic and i can't remember what it's called but they did a whole lot of revamping in this one where steve trevor was actually an african-american man in this comic and although those little choices there were brilliant it was um jackie was just saying they uh, that's my friend she was saying that um unfortunately the writers had this wonderful base but instead of subtly working with these themes it was almost as if they were beating the reader over the head with it and they just weren't getting it (laughs) so it's definitely been there in the past it's definitely um been looked at and stuff like that but she's saying that this film is the best rendition of of steve trevor and her relationship that she's read
1: yep and what i was teasing earlier which i i want to say and then we're going to start talking some numbers and in historical records and so forth is so, I read Iron Man growing up. I don't know why Iron Man wasn't very popular. Uh, I mean, he wasn't unpopular. But, you know, compared to the X-Men and a lot of the other Avengers, Iron Man was sort of a second or third tier character, as I called him. But I thought the idea of the Iron Man suit being sort of a technological power as opposed to, you know, the, the mutant Avengers-y power was a cool thing. And I love Tony Stark. And so... I couldn't believe when it, not only was, did they cast Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, but it was the movie and the character that launched the whole MCU and is still maintaining, sustaining the MCU, I never would have thought as Iron Man. But to be honest, I could never go back after the, the Iron Man movies and read Iron Man now because he so is Iron Man, right?
0: Yeah. It's the same thing with like Hugh Jackman as well. Yes it's like it's difficult because he's meant to be like this really short aggressive man in the comics like i don't think he's much taller than five foot five is he no something like that and then you get hugh jackman in the role who's over six foot who is just a tank actually i watched the first x-men film recently where they go to um, the statue of liberty and all that and magneto's there with rogue and it's hilarious like it's actually a great film i really loved it but it's hilarious looking at Hugh Jackman, and how he is fit. He's a, still an attractive man in this film. And then you compare it to some of the most recent films where it's just like he's got veins popping. And it's like, my goodness, what a transformation just from these films and how they've like really stepped up the physical requirement to be a hero in the films
1: nowadays. Yeah. I mean, Wolverine's one of the few that, I I mean, I love Hugh Jackman to death. Lynn Logan's one of my favorite comic book movies ever. Um, But because the X-Men were so dear to me for so long growing up. um, And and I actually really liked X1 and X2 uh, and think they're very underrated in terms of, um, you know opening the way for not just team-ups but comic book movies in general x-men is the one Brett, that i can still go back to despite any oversaturation like for example the, mm. the, the weakness of x-men apocalypse did not diminish my love of the villain apocalypse in the comics and my desire to go back and whatever happens with the dark phoenix movie coming up which by the way it looks like jessica chastain might be the dark phoenix which is unbelievable but uh it doesn't matter to me i'm still going to love the x-men the avengers i can't really do it you I have a whole bunch of Thor comics. I have some Hulk comics. I have some Doctor Strange comics, and like I'll flip through them, but it just doesn't really grab me.
0: And you know why I think that is? Yeah, go ahead. I think it's because X Men um, and I guess DC films to a lesser extent, but X Men has this issue about respecting minorities and not like I don't know, like not being afraid of something you don't understand. It has this wonderful social um, social issue as its core, as its basis and I think that will always be relevant no matter what era it is in and I think that's why I will always keep going back to X-Men but the Avengers I can't see a core value in those films I can't see like yes it's maybe brotherhood yep. between um, Captain America and Winter Soldier maybe brotherhood there but um, it's just not as powerful as the X-Men's um, yes, the social injustice that they face, and you you do see some some questions coming up in the d c universe like uh how how would the world respond to a like like how would the media respond to a godlike being like superman and that's that was the focus in Batman versus Superman. You see those questions being asked, and how would a person cope with being this godlike figure? trying to just be a normal human and yet having these incredible powers who would they turn to and that's seeing the whole religious aspect and stuff and you see those kind of themes they're trying to deal with but you don't see that in avengers avengers uh, like they're great stories just on the surface level but i think that's why they fall short there's not much beneath it yeah
1: i would argue that the avengers in the movies Joss Whedon, being more an X-Men DC guy coming into the Avengers project, mm. we know that he wanted to do Wonder Woman, we know that he wanted to do Batman, he's written probably the greatest X-Men series of the 21st century, The Astonishing X-Men, um, that really rebooted the X-Men who were basically dead, uh, and fr- from a franchise standpoint, in and, um, and comic books i i think the avengers work so well and people pay for it not because it's just popcorn-y which it is a, a lot of times but because the actors really embody the roles and are passionate about it and they love each other i mean if you watch any behind the scenes you know like ruffalo you know hemsworth like all these guys like really love working together and mm. you never sense that and you definitely with, see yeah that. and you never sense that in bvs to me there was never other than when, when uh, Gal Gadot was on screen where she was just magnetic <laughs> and she was smiling like she's actually the only person in the movie that smiles I think I, like, other than Jesse Eisenberg's smile uh, who by the way I, I watched a, a list online recently about um, uh, actors who were playing the wrong comic book villain and Jesse Eisenberg uh, was, was number one as the Riddler uh, which you pointed out yeah. um, but, uh, but
0: actually I do I completely agree with you yeah. there I never thought of it that way but the chemistry between the characters on Avengers definitely surpasses the chemistry that we see on Batman vs. So Superman. So far, so far. We haven't seen so Justice far, League. Because, yeah. But it's also the whole idea is that they're not meant to like each other though on Batman vs. Superman. But they do, I, I do think they fit their characters really well, especially Gal Gadot. I don't think anyone questions that anymore. And I think it's going to be incredible seeing Jason Momoa as Aquaman because I I feel like although he he looks different to the classic comic books he's going to just bring such a great new life to it and such a great creative choice to change the visual ca- like the characters visuals like that is incredible so yeah we got to wait for Justice League to really see a team I guess positively yes. working together okay, and hopefully fair. we'll see the cast chemistry in that.
1: All right, so here we go. Okay, so we're going to we're gonna hammer through some box office stuff now for Wonder Woman, and then we're going to transition into oh, yeah, the future of, of the DCEU and Justice League, because I think things continue to look up for Justice League, and th- there's been some reasons why that we've talked about offline, you and I, that have just been developments over the past month um, having to do with the reshoots, and the movie, and the future of the DCEU, and the people in charge of it, and the Batgirl project getting fast-tracked, and Aquaman, mm-hmm. people seem to be getting increasingly happy with what's going on with Aquaman, um, and so... So forth. Uh, and so I think there's some really, really exciting stuff going on there. I will say, I'll just tease the reason I think X Men works so well in the comics for me is that they are purely defined for, um, by and through one another as a team. Like, the Avengers are a team up where the roster is constantly changing now the Justice League the core members are often the same you know um, heavy hitters but it is still a team up and I don't know if you saw my video I posted about how DC is starting to win me away from Marvel a little bit in some ways because DC does do solo characters way better than Marvel does solo characters and so the Justice but that can also be a curse when it comes to Justice League of them not feeling totally um, in, in simpatico if you will whereas they they have almost mm-hmm. never, other than Wolverine, been able to spin off any of the X-Men for any significant amount of time, um, male, female, or otherwise. I mean, Rogue occasionally, Gambit occasionally. Yeah. So and that's, again, strength and weakness, but I love the team stuff, and that's why X-Men always works for me. Okay, Brittany, here we go. Yes. Box office. All right, I'm going to ask you some questions that you may or may not have seen, or and you may or may not have in front of you. So l- 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 let us know if you're cheating or not. Okay. All right? You- Wonder Woman, okay, in adjusted dollars, um, I'm sorry, not just dollars, in just regular dollars, okay, has so far as of um, uh, June 30th, so yesterday, $679,475 worldwide. It's certainly going to be over $700 million very, very sh- shortly. So I ask you, first question, There are only two movies, two origin movies, that have ever grossed more money than Wonder Woman has already grossed, and it's not even done yet. Mm. Can you name those two superhero origin stories? And by the way, it counts reboots, so like, Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man are both on the list somewhere.
0: Well, I think Superman of Steel, I think, but that's only because I'm pretty sure I... No? Oh, hang on, no, you're right, I'm thinking opening weekend.
1: Wonder Woman had the lowest opening weekend of any of the four DCU movies and has already surpassed all mm. of them. Um, has beat Man of Steel both well, domestically... I'm talking worldwide gross here, not just US. Worldwide, worldwide. Oh, gee. only two films, um, origin films, have beat it.
0: All right, I guess I'm going to get one more shot because that was one shot gone. Wow. I'll give you two um, more guesses. Let's see
1: if you can get one of them.
0: Two more guesses? Yeah. Well, I will, I will say Andrew Garfield his first spider-man film and i'll give you my reasonings because his origin film had already been done people knew the character and it's being re- not only is it such a loved character but it's also being rebooted so the main public know the character so that's why i'm saying andrew garfield and not oh god i've forgotten his name the very first toby Maguire. yeah not toby Maguire's S- spider-man
1: survey says <laughs>
0: oh damn <laughs> okay um Our origin film
1: i'll give you Did I'll give you one clue team i'll give you one clue okay go for it one one came out before the sort of the past 10 years renaissance and one is very recent for the most like relatively recent
0: Gee. Uh, but this includes team-ups or just single person, single character origins?
1: This uh, is, is the origin movie for a single character or a single group of characters. So Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, would be available on this list.
0: Oh, okay. Well, mm, uh, um, gee, I'd probably say... Probably the Avengers would have to be on that list, wouldn't it? The, the Avengers doesn't Avengers? count
1: because th- it was a team up of already. Or, oh yeah, yeah, it's not
0: really origin, is it? Yeah,
1: that would be everything. Yeah.
0: Um, How about I start reading off ones uh, that
1: it's better than, and you can go from there. Okay. Man of Steel, better. Or I say more. Yeah. Doctor Strange, more. X Men Origins Wolverine, more. Thor, more. First Captain America, more. Both Hulk movies More Man of Steel More
0: Ooh, um, Would it have to be like The Christopher Reeves Superman?
1: So this is not inflation adjusted So like For example oh, The Batman okay. that came out in 1989 The Michael Keaton Batman, Batman Made 250 million at the time Which would be like At least double that now um, So yeah. yeah So these are all gonna be 21st century movies
0: Oh Okay all right gee well then
1: i'll tell you this we didn't
0: say iron man but i know like iron man was good but i didn't no. think it was
1: as good as its nope. follow-up it's better than iron man it's better than suicide squad it's better than guardians of the fucking galaxy
0: okay hang on let me let me look at the marvel films who's so <laughs> let's see if i can list them all off you've said not captain america not thor not iron man yep. not hulk yep. Hawkeye doesn't have a film Black Widow doesn't have a film Uh, Although Guardians Pretty much Ghost in the Shell Guardians
1: (laughs) Yeah Guardians and Suicide Squad At the moment Are still beating it worldwide But it's already beat Both of those movies domestically And it may It's definitely going to beat Suicide Squad I don't know if it's going to catch Guardians
0: Oh um, Christopher Nolan's Batman (laughs) Alright I give up I can't do it I can't do it
1: At number three I'm just going to give you the domestic At number three
0: also, oh, I didn't even get the top three. No,
1: Well, no, the third is, is Wonder Woman at $335 oh, okay, yeah. million. At two is Deadpool at $363 million. Oh, I completely forgot about Deadpool. And at number one, your friendly neighborhood Spider Man from 2002, $403 You're million. Yeah. Jeez. But, but, Wonder Woman oh. is going to pass Deadpool domestically and maybe abroad and it's going to get way closer to spider-man which no one saw coming all right so sadly this is not a huge list but it looks to be getting bigger sooner Mm. so yeah yeah, well
0: i'm actually really looking forward to the um to the tomb raider film that they're doing and um from what it looks like it's based on the more recent games which is like uh, she's really just starting her architecture (laughs) architecture
1: building building (laughs) sure why not yeah um, she can do anything
0: i can't even think what is it when you're archaeologist
1: Archaeologist.
0: oh my goodness so it looks like she's just starting that and i've i played the first two games and my goodness when i played the um, tomb raider survivor is born my heart was racing like it doesn't give you like a second to breathe in the first like first quarter you're playing and you really do play her to become so much more stronger and confident in what she's doing and you as the player feel so much stronger and confident in what you're doing because at the start I was just like
1: "Ah, I don't know what I'm doing And I was
0: terrified. My heart was literally racing. And I may have dropped, like, swear words all over the place. I'm like, I hope my mom doesn't hear me!
1: Totally. And I think... Yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm excited for the film.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this should be the next generation of, like, what we loved in Indiana Jones, right? I mean, the fact that they're doing these Indiana Mm. Jones remakes with, like, 95-year-old Harrison Ford and Shia LaBeouf, you know, it's like, this is a way cooler version of that. People love this this sort of... um, you know, old school, pulpy archaeology, world globe trotting, thriller, action. You know, mysticism, mm-hmm. uh, Nazi hunting, whatever. I don't know if she's gonna be hunting Nazis, but you know what I'm How saying. Would, like, it's a cool genre. If,
0: yeah. If I shoot you this question, I, it's interesting to hear what you would think. Yep. Do you think nostalgia in Hollywood is ruining original scripts? Yes, because we're seeing a lot of nostalgia in the theater.
1: Yes, and I think that's part of what zack snyder has tried to do with superman um and i i just think it, it, but on the other side you know patty jenkins w- was able to rewrite that narrative w- with wonder woman now we haven't seen a wonder woman movie before so maybe you know hmm. she had more room to work with um but uh yeah absolutely i mean it's all sequels i mean you know the mummy is this is is a Double reboot. It's a reboot of a reboot. People think the, this is just a reboot of the Brendan Fraser, uh, you know, somewhat lovable but crappy movies of the 90s but that was actually remaking an old like black and white movie called the mummy. You've got the pirates Caribbean, mm-hmm. which is going to have a bazillion, you have fast and the furious, you know, 93, um, Baywatch as well. B- Throw that one in there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, and I think part of the reason people are flocking to wonder woman and because it's getting such good critical reception, it, it's not just about her being a woman. It's about being a tale that we just haven't been told. And one question I wanted yeah. to ask you actually, uh, uh, so we don't get bogged down too much in the, in the minutia of the dollars here is now you mentioned that Wonder Woman is performing very well in Australia. We, can you give us an, an Australia Wonder Woman update real quick and I'll ask my question?
0: All right so in our opening weekend well first of all it's I think it's number five on the um, opening weekend list this year so can you guess number one? As soon as you put me on the spot, I'm going to put you on the
1: spot. <laughs> <laughs> number one forum? Can you guess
0: number one? Number one um, film in Australia. Opening oh, weekend. Right now? Yeah. well, oh, if ever? This, no, uh, if this year.
1: Number it, one opening in Australia this year.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Again, it's a remake, see. if that helps. Guardians of the Galaxy? No, that's number two um like it's it's a it's a sequel or a remake a remake oh beauty of the beast
0: yeah that's number one well yeah. done oh yeah. man that put me to shame well, oh. <laughs> well you guys
1: no you guys reflect us you guys basically have the same list as us i think yes yeah. so
0: we um although do you have lion on your list
1: lion actually has been a constant money maker but probably not to the same level as you guys because no, of the australian it's based on setting. an
0: australian story yeah yep. yeah and then of the furious is number four which is so weird we just like cars I guess but um yeah and by the Uh,
1: way by the way really quickly all of these big movies Fast and Furious uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean The Mummy etc they're doing pretty well abroad despite bad uh, reviews and and so forth in this country nobody's seen them I mean Wonder Woman just sped past all of them like it's nobody's business
0: yes so here we have um, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man Tells No Tales that's number 10 the Mummy is number 17. And that's just under Alien Covenant. Heck, Despicable Me is 14. Gross!
1: I know, I know. <laughs> it's really sad. It's really right. sad. The so, thing is, if you yeah. look at... Yeah. I was going to say, if you look at to the say, top... Um, yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> jinx. <I> was, uh, <laughs> the opening weekend for Australia, uh, Wonder Woman got um, 5 million... 41,877, although I think that number might be wrong on this website, because another one is saying it got, uh, where's my scroll, it got 6,768,000, so probably it's not up Hmm. there with your numbers, we've got, I think, Mm -hmm. significantly less population here, Um, but total box office, it looks like it's about um, 18 million at the moment, just
1: under that. Yeah. And if I just can run uh, just really quickly, um, mm-hmm. among all, so according to Box Office Mojo, it, they, they have 152 what they call comic book adaptations from 1978 till the present, which averages out to like what three a year, essentially.
0: Yeah, probably. I think I can't do maths.
1: <laughs> Okay, so Wonder Woman is currently at number 12 of all time of 152. Oh, wow. It is ahead of. That's awesome. Yeah, it's ahead of the following movies i'm gonna skip really old ones like superman because the inflation is just yeah x-men first class x-men apocalypse x-men one batman returns captain america the first avenger uh, x-men origins wolverine ant-man thor um uh both amazing spider-mans both thor movies batman begins 300 and x2 and it's about to beat um uh dr strange x-men days of future past x-men the last stand um it's going to even start beating movies like men in black uh the original batman oh no i'm sorry it's already ahead of all those movies my bad iron man 2 man of steel uh guardians of the galaxy batman v superman it's already ahead of those movies so now it's just behind spider-man 2 and 3 and deadpool and then guardians volume 2 that's pretty good i'm Yeah. So when this is all done, it could be just behind the original Spider Man at around four hundred million dollars. And this is going to be my last box office point, so we can move on. Is they use they call uh, box office multipliers for domestic openings here, and like you can normally gauge the success of a movie over time based on multiplying sort of. So our opening weekend usually is Thursday to uh, Sunday. Yeah. Sometimes when the movie's really bad, like Transformers, they'll open it on like a Tuesday hoping to have a bigger weekend... Which didn't yeah. work But for the most part It's Thursday to Sunday Or Friday to Sunday Now Wonder Woman Did slightly overperform With about 103 million But if it ends up With close to 400 million That's a 4x multiplier Usually with superhero movies If you can get to 2X, 2 i I'm sorry 2.5x Or 2.8x Meaning if it had ended With a 250 million dollar haul That would have been considered A huge success But the fact that it's headed Towards a 3.5 multiplier And maybe a 4 Is pretty unprecedented And just to give context Britt, um, and I'll pass it to you for final comment on this section. It's performing more like Beauty and the Beast in Star Wars and Disney and Pixar movies than it is like a superhero movie. Almost all the superhero movies, even Dark Knight, even you know Captain America Civil War, even Avengers, dropped 50-60, and with Batman v Superman 70% after the first weekend. It took three weekends for Wonder Woman to drop 60%. And that, that's usually the case with kids' movies. Mm-hmm. And you say, why? Well, with kids' movies, you can't always get them their opening weekend right they go to school they've got lots of obligations they've got bedtime and so kids movies tend to do better over time like beauty and the beast because over the course of two or three months kids will eventually get to see it and so the fact that it's performing more like a traditional disney movie i think is really interesting and maybe this will lead to a great question to you which is Is the fact that it's making half its money uh, and it's a lot of money um, here in the States, in your opinion, is it overperforming here? Is it underperforming abroad? Is it some combination of the two or is this just so unprecedented that there's nothing really we can compare it to? And just to be clear what I mean by that uh, people so I, I talk a lot you haven't listened to my old podcast uh, I'm a big believer in what they call the one-third two-thirds split you know most of these big Disney Avengers you know t- uh, these big international blockbuster movies what you want is one-third from the US and two thirds abroad now sometimes you know there'll be certain movies like the Harry Potter movies that make you know 75 percent or 80 percent abroad and 20 to 25 percent domestically because they're just that big around the world but Star Wars it's actually 50-50 right so Rogue one made a billion but over half of that was here and you know force awakens is the biggest domestic earner ever with a billion dollars here and so wonder woman's performing more like them where they're making a good amount overseas but just as much um, and even more impressively uh you know th- that amount of money here in the states doesn't seem it was easily beaten by the mummy and pirates of the caribbean overseas
0: well i I honestly, I, I don't usually look at the figures, but I think that Wonder Woman. I didn't have to really look at the figures. I mean, just going to the cinema a week or a week and a half, whenever it was, when I went with my mum, and just seeing that amount of people in there because it's actually quite expensive to go to the movies mm. around where I live, and seeing that is it, it, visually like it's it's still going. It's so big, and I think that might also be because, and it doesn't matter how far we've come, but I guess some some parents still probably think oh it's a superhero film I won't take my little girl to it but as soon as they see like oh it's a woman yeah let's take the girl to it and there was this letter that was posted to um, to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot on Facebook that talked about a kindergarten a kindergarten where both the little girls and the little boys were Mm -hmm. so into it and the one that really stood out to me actually was which is which is just I just love it so much. Is the little girls are arguing over who could play Wonder Woman, and then one of them said, "Why don't we all just be Amazonians? <laughs> totally. Problem solved. They go totally. kick evil's butt and come back in for school." I'm like, it's it's just. I think I think it's beautiful and amazing that it is doing so well in the box office, and it's and I think it's doing that because it's such a relatable character, and also because it had a balance of strong female and strong men strong men characters because then the boys could enjoy it too because steve trevor oh. is such a great example like i just thought he was such a good character ah he's so good um but yeah I, I, <laughs> that was <my> two <laughs> <times on laughs> well that. i think it's
1: important to point out that you guys are only barely behind the uk um and, and i think sometimes there are some movies that just don't translate out of english as well right no one, no one abroad is yeah. going to see Pirates of the Caribbean for the dialogue. They're going for these big, huge action set pieces. Johnny Depp doing, you know, Johnny Depp stuff, and, and you know the big bad yeah. guys.
0: I think people here would yeah, go for yeah. Johnny Depp,
1: <laughs> honestly. Which, well, right, exactly. Anyway. But you know, for, but for example, yeah. you know, Star Wars. Star Wars doesn't do as, as well in China or South Korea as the Marvel movies do. For example. So there's something very specific. It's about Star Wars in the UK. Basically the Commonwealth. I don't know. What's, uh, what's Australia's status in the Commonwealth? Is it-
0: yeah right. we're, we're part of the commonwealth okay. we're still under so the you bring Canada
1: UK Australia etc something about the commonwealth gets some of these North American uh, what I almost considered America what we call Americana movies like movies that are like Guardians of the Galaxy one would fit that like it become part of the fabric of the culture that transcend transcend the genre mm-hmm. but you guys seem to get that but the fact that you guys are just a little behind the UK I think is really really interesting and I, you know it, it's come to my attention over the last year or two how it of the time, aus- ahead of its time, Australia has been in everything from comic book conventions to tabletop board gaming. And I- I'm wondering if, if, if you have any cultural theories as to why Australia, in particular, is so receptive to and understanding of and loving of these properties that, in a lot of ways, are very American. Like the, the, the feminist side of Wonder Woman has some very American undertones to them, for example
0: yeah well i think I think we just like yeah we're, we're very um, a lot of people think that we this is this is a funny question because um, a lot of people do think Australia don't realize Australia is quite modern, like a lot of people a lot of Australians get asked when they're overseas, oh so do you speak English <laughs> in Australia or like do you have school like mm-hmm. it is it is serious this is what these are the questions, and I don't know if they get asked this because they think it's Austria and yeah. they get it mixed up. But um, and one thing that's really funny is that you will—we can trick a lot of tourists into thinking we ride kangaroos <laughs> down to school. We don't. They would beat our lights out. They are huge. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. don't Even approach a kangaroo. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't. I never smile my, my at a kangaroo either.
1: Not for those people. It, it had less to do with how advanced you are, and more to do with your size. Population-wise, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, population-wise, I think. 22 million at the moment which is like what
1: the uk i mean that's what i'm saying like comparatively the movie's doing so well i honestly have no idea about the uk but
0: but going down to going down to the gold coast supernova it's it's packed it is absolutely packed like it was so hard to move around you can actually pop onto the nova stream um facebook page or youtube and you can see a um a few different videos that we've done, a couple of interviews and a little bit of like a vlog music video with cosplayers. You can see how many people are just in between the stalls and how it's quite difficult to move around and stuff. And it's, yeah, we've got a got a pretty good nerd culture here. There's a lot of people who love it. And I think the Marvel films and, and also the DC films definitely having increased the popularity here in Australia. Like people, people love Harley cause she's Margot Robbie. And then you, they love um, Captain Boomerang. He's also Australian. Um, oh my goodness. Who, what are the other characters that really stand out? Thor, yes. Chris Hemsworth. So those having those Australian, now Kate Blanchett's um, in there. Actors and yeah, she's in there as well. And so seeing those, um, those Australian people who have grown from when I was a kid, I used to watch this simple little kid's drama show called Saddle Club, which was all about these girls who rode horses and Chris Hemsworth was in that. And now I see him in a Hollywood film in the middle. It's just like he was on like an Australian soap opera kind of show called Home and Away. And you see these characters, these actors grow and we have, we've, we've, welcomed them into our homes, I guess. And we love to see them on the big screen and, and just be like, yeah, I knew that. I, well, I knew him, not really. He was just on TV, but it's, I think that's really, really what's making the nerd culture boom in Australia is really seeing, um, seeing those actors that have grown from faithful, like TV shows that have been on for years, like home and away and neighbors, and then seeing them in Hollywood, even the hundred, we have um, the lead actress, is actually was once on this little soap opera thing that we have called Neighbors, and it's just making. I think one of the causes that make the nerd just culture just for the like record. Uh,
1: you guys are twenty three million people. <laughs> Canada, in comparison, has thirty five million, uh, and the UK sixty five. Oh, so wow. You're you're way outperforming these other countries based on your population. You guys also have an extremely high life expectancy, which I know wow. eighty three years. Um, <laughs> yeah. You
0: yeah. know what I think that is. It's our coffee. Yeah. We are a huge mm-hmm. coffee culture, and people say that coffee is is yes. very good for you, yes. especially long blacks. But don't have like
1: he- yes. heaps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they keep having new studies about that. Um, a couple just observations mm-hmm. that I've had over the years about Australian actors. One is they're like impossibly gorgeous at times. I mean, you look at Margot Robbie on one hand and the Hemsworth brothers on the other. It's like. Talk about, yep. like, chiseled b- from clay by gods, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's unbelievable. All right.
0: You're, you're yeah. at your laptop, right? Search home and away yeah. Australia. It is pretty much a soap opera based around the beach, and that is just the chiseled kind of <laughs> muscular
1: Gold Coast surfer people television. You know, I mean, Nicole Kidman... <laughs> despite her trying to mess up her face for reasons unbeknownst to anyone still looks amazing. Um, you have some really, really crazy people like Russell Crowe and Mel Gibson, but they're also amazing actors and also extremely good looking.
0: Mel Gibson is an interesting fellow, but he did. Um, he had this wonderful movie, probably my favorite of his mm-hmm. called Gallipoli. And so this was made probably 20 years ago, set in world war two, I think. And it's one of it's a staple point in Australia's history, and such a good Aussie film. And they they go to you know Gallipoli in Egypt, and they have the um the story of these two guys who are really good runners, and they're pretty much put on the front line. So it's a really good, really good film there. And um Russell Crowe he did a really good one also to do with World War II because it is again such a big thing in Australia's history, called mm-hmm. The Water Diviner. And it's such a wonderful story of him traveling overseas to try and find his son that was lost in the war. And so, he goes to Turkey and stuff, and he's starting to learn about their culture. And it's beautiful because it's like, yes, we had this war with the with the Turks. But it's also um, just melting those barriers and kind of coming to forgiveness, which is another beautiful film as well. Just a bit of a shout Absolutely. out to those films, I guess.
1: <laughs> you guys have the Wolverine. So, you know, you can't... You can, uh, <laughs> You can't beat the Wolverine. You can't he's get like wrong. He's like the sweetest guy on the planet. Man, no. he's such a, such a sweetheart, is, uh, is Hugh Jackman. He's... All right, so as a bridge into what Wonder Woman success means for the DCEU, for DC Comics, and for all of comic books and comic book movies going forward, because... I would argue it's going to influence all of those things, hopefully in a positive way. Um, And we've been talking a lot about Australia. I I think you are also a fan of Logan. We never really talked about it.
0: I am a huge fan of Logan. I love, and I know that really Deadpool is the one that opened the doors for R-rated films, but Logan, Oh, I cried a few times. And by a few, I probably didn't stop.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) It was incredible. I, I went with my dad twice. Um, I, I regular, regularly see most movies twice. He doesn't usually see movies more than once, but he really, we walked out of that movie. Wonder Woman and Logan, the only two movies, we walked out. And the second when he walked out, he's like, okay, when are we seeing it again? Uh, and yeah. We were we were tearing up, maybe more the second time. I mean, it was just so emotional. Uh, Daphne Keene. When she takes yeah. the
0: cross to the uh, X. Ah. Oh. Oh. Ah, oh, my heart <laughs>
1: dude did i send you the audition tape where daphne keen is auditioning with hugh jackman
0: oh and she bruises his arm yeah yeah no i've seen it
1: and he's yelling at her and he's she's cursing at him in spanish right to she's, his face she's keeping-
0: I wish I could understand Spanish. So often like Spanish comes up in like American entertainment and I'm like, Oh, I wish yeah. I understood it.
1: Yeah. I, I but, think yeah, it one was of the, like she gave as good as she got. It was beautiful. Well, and for an 11 or 12 year old girl to have Hugh fucking Jackman, like screaming in her face. Now <laughs> he is, he is really as gentle as the teddy bear in real life. And he does great oh, he work is. with kids. The, the original X kids in the X movies. Um, he was awesome with the young Cosette and Les Mis. I mean, he just—he's just—you can tell—he's just a, a warm soul, and kids respond to him. You could tell in the movie, and then you watch the audition tape. But it was still scary to see him yell at her. But she, as you said, yeah, just she gave as good as, as she got. Daphne Keen is going to be a huge star going forward. I hope they do the right thing and don't try and recast X twenty three because she's so young. I mean, oh, nice. you you, yeah. talk, you talked about Anna Kendrick and Ryan Reynolds. How about Daphne Keen and Ryan Reynolds? That would be a shit Ooh. show.
0: If they did that, she would have to. They'd have to do it like as she's a little girl. Yeah. But if they actually want to give her a solo film, wait until she's like sixteen, seventeen, and I think that would be so cool. Just leading off, and I, I'm I'm happy to wait. Yeah. I would rather wait for her to grow up to fill those shoes if they go that way, right. than get a recast. But her with Deadpool. Oh my god! Oh wow! I mean, She would. Yep. She, I mean, like, I will miss Negatronic, what is it, nuclear t- teen. Teenage Warhead, head. yeah. Teenage Warhead. Yeah. <laughs> I will miss her. So let's not get rid of her.
1: Look, Daphne Keene is better, a better actor than most actors will ever be. And Mm -hmm. I think if they start doing X-Force movies, which is what Ryan Reynolds and, uh, you know, and people behind Wolverine and so forth who have been pushing for these rated R movies, X-Force is the much bloodier futuristic uh, X-Men, which includes Deadpool, Logan, X-23, Psylocke, um, and some other characters that they've introduced and some that they haven't introduced yet. um, Like Domino. Um, But she could easily be in a group. Domino. Yeah.
0: That'd be such a cool addition to that that world.
1: Yeah. Um speaking of which, you know, they've announced that they're gonna have Dazzler in the in the new X Men movie, and immediately everyone's Please. like Taylor Swift. I'm like, no. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> yeah, that just unfortunately will like age it too quickly and really be a a poor yes. fourth wall break. It would be, I guess, funny for yeah. the year that it happens, but any, yeah. anything outside of that year. Mm-hmm. Apparently there was actually a script, um, Days of Future Past, already had been pitched as a script back in, um, oh gosh, I can't even remember, like maybe the 80s and the 90s. And I'm pretty sure it was just, it was a, a positive mess, if you know what I mean. Like a film that everyone would hate but love because they hated it so much. Yeah. And I think they wanted Sher to be in there. And Dazzler was in there as well. I don't think Sher was playing Dazzler. But it was just a mess of a pitch. Kind of wish it happened though.
1: Well, I think the fact that they've so publicly announced Dark Phoenix movie and so publicly announced that Lawrence, Fassbender, and McAvoy are all coming back when they all seem to express hesitation and then the Apocalypse didn't do very well, that says to me that they've seen Logan in Deadpool and they like some of the w- way that Fox is going and distinguishing themselves. And they're probably going to paid a ton of money and they're getting a new director and m- maybe the most iconic story ever with X-Men in the Dark Phoenix saga. And so, you know, I, I think... I love the behind the scenes stuff and and there's no way that someone like Jennifer Lawrence would have signed on to do it again, unless they had faith that it was going in a good direction. So I think it could bring back to Logan. Yeah. Logan is unlike anything we've ever seen. It's actually darker than old man Logan, which it's based on just in tone. I mean, because it's a comic book and old man, uh, Logan, they can just kill, you know, millions of people or, or just write that millions of people had died. But he's basically riding around with Hawkeye and old man, Logan, you know, quip, cracking jokes with one another uh the movie was way darker um it was one of patrick stewart's best performances of all time it, it proves again you know as, as we sort of talked about in the last podcast you don't need a ton of characters for an epic movie right i mean you mm-hmm. have you have a couple bad guys and you have wolverine and you have Lara slash x23 and professor x and you've got a little bit of caliban who was awesome Stephen merchant was awesome as caliban and that's all you need, right? I mean, and then you bring yeah. in the young X-Men at the end for like a children of the corn kind of thing going on, right? Uh, <laughs> it, it just, it totally works. It totally works. And, and so I'm glad to see that, that you know, Fox is, is going to keep pursuing, hopefully, this raided R territory, which brings mm. us to the DCEU um, and... Uh, we we won't talk too much about it, but basically after the not-so-great critical reception of uh, Batman v Superman, even though it did somewhat well money-wise, I get, although it's unclear how much they spent in the end, but um, they, there was a big shake-up, and uh, creative control was given over to Jeff Johns, who is a comic book writer. I mean, he, you know, he's not like a guy who dabbles in comic books. He's written a shit ton of comic books, including Justice League and so forth. He helped engineer the Arrowverse, which, although you and I agree is problematic at times in some shows, has certainly been an overall success as an experiment on television for mm. dc but
0: ha- how was that finale though which one have you seen the finale for season five
1: season five of what arrow we talked about this last time we but talk you about have this?
0: seen it because it was a really good one
1: it was really good yeah but, it was really good yeah i mean back to the movies <laughs> right i just hope there are some people that are actually dead because it won't feel like um uh it will you know like as as, yeah. as momentous um but yeah arrow it, it, i did not love season five but it did end on a really good note unlike flash which was just a what the fuck moment
0: oh uh, yeah yeah <clears throat> <laughs> that was my feelings on that
1: and i thought supergirl's last couple episodes were some of the best uh, um ending of a season yeah. of genre tv i've ever seen personally um Definitely. i've been meaning to rewatch them um tease supergirl for later the her and bad girl are currently fighting together in the supergirl comic um uh, the rebirth ones that are going on right now anyways point is they basically gave over creative control to someone who was a comic book writer who knew that comic books were supposed to be fun and not just serious they could be both serious and fun who respected the darker tone of the snyder vision but who also was excited for the patty jenkins a vision, um, and we'll see with the Joss Whedon vision or the James Wan vision with Aquaman, it's a little bit more colorful. Who, un- who th- understood that there's a difference between being dark in tone and dark in color and dark in message, for example, right? So mm. I have a lot of questions. So you're going to do a lot of talking this because I have a lot of questions for you, Miss DC uh, expert. Um, oh, b- but, uh, my first, I
0: like that title. <laughs> yeah.
1: Th- th- so my, my first overall question is when Jeff Johns comes out publicly i guess unsurprisingly given the success and the love but it comes out publicly saying our movies are going to look more like wonder woman going forward than bvs going forward the thought that comes to mind first to you is
0: <laughs> that's okay that's actually that's that's um i think it is a positive move but at the same time the the fact that the tones between the films that we have—BVS, uh, Man of Steel, uh, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman—they're quite different. Man of Steel and BVS were pretty similar, but Wonder Woman and um, Suicide Squad are outliers. And I liked how, although they were in the same universe, they had a different uh, tone. All aiming for the same target, different tone. I think this. I think uh, and Jeff Johns. Someone said it was like what they want to do is they want to put the directors. Um, give them freedom in what they want to do as if they're like putting kids in a sandpit and saying, Make whatever you want in the sandpit.
1: Mm-hmm. Which
0: is like you have a lot of freedom, but you're in the sandpit. You just have to and I think I, I hope that yes, I want them all to, to going towards don't restrict the director um as much that that the films don't have such different tones anymore. Cause I mean if you look over at the Marvel films, like and, and I hate comparing them because it's not like I, I – I don't hate Marvel. I actually quite yeah. like it. But yeah. um, in comparison, the Marvel films, they have a similar tone, they're similar similar going through. It's I, – I don't really think they have that much of a director staple point. Like you can't say, oh, this was this director and this was this. And there's no real thumbprint on them. They're quite the same universe, the same kind of boxed in thing. Um. Which is working for them, which is good. Like, I mean, people like that. But at the same time, I love the fact that we are getting the same universe, but also a freedom for the director to create something new and different and fresh. So, yes, it's positive that things are going to perhaps reflect Wonder Woman, but I hope they don't restrict the directors too much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that you and I have been talking about off mic, and maybe we'll have time later uh, to talk about, is it does seem like Kevin Feige and the producers at Marvel are steering things as much as the directors at certain points. And that's sort of what pissed off Joss Whedon. And so it'll be interesting to see if Whedon has a different experience where Warner Brothers is saying, yes, we want a continuous in a contiguous universe, but we're going to give the directors more freedom. We're going to talk about that with Batgirl. We're going to talk about that uh, with the update on Batman with Matt Reeves, maybe doing a different direction with Batman, that they mm-hmm. can. you can have a number of different tones and still be in a continuous universe, right? Which is sort of what you're saying. Yeah. But my thing that I want to push back on with you about BVS, which we didn't really have time for last week and wasn't really the point, is that I think BVS thinks it has such a deeper message than what actually comes across. And I'm not saying Zack Snyder didn't have a brilliant vision behind it, but the fact that you have Batman and Superman basically just acting like assholes for the whole movie, uh, leading up to a short fight, uh, not very memorable, and that the name Martha was the resolution to the fight, I, you know, blowing up the Capitol building, uh, all that stuff. I I, I think that Zack Snyder sometimes, and I hope we see him again just for his sake. It would be really sad if this derails his career um, in terms of his family um, situation. So I hope everything there is going well. Never wish bad on anybody, even if they suck. Mm -hmm. And he definitely does not suck. He's just not my kind of director, but he definitely has a vision. But my point is... Civil War was not more superficial than BVS. I'm sorry. They, they were equally superficial when it came to what makes a superhero, who's accountable to whom, you know, when does the ends justify the means. And I think Cap was just more fun, and that's why it did better, and the, they have much better chemistry. I mean, it's clear the Avengers have great chemistry in terms of the actors compared to the BVS actors. They've had way more movies to do so um, in the Avengers. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, I I know you said, oh, you get more. You say you get more every time you watch BVS, and To be honest with you, I tried to rewatch it with the director's cut, and I may get through it at some point. But, and and I respect that. But I just remember the whole time feeling like I was just getting beat over the head. Um, And and when you add in the dark color palette and then the uh, the emotionlessness of it all, it, it, it wasn't clear to me why I'm rooting for these superheroes.
0: Mm. and i do I do understand what you're saying, and I think these this this always makes an interesting discussion to have two people with different opinions on a film. I watched a um a a video on youtube the other day, which was um it's based on helping writers and I wish I could remember what the the subscription channel name was, but he talked about how um movies today this is why Wonder Woman is great, and he compared it to how he wasn't that much of a fan of, um, what's it called, uh, Civil War. Is because Marvel builds up to quite emotional and quite, um, I guess, intellectual, intellectual moments and quite, um, you know, heartstrings, serious points. But they ruin it with Bathos, I think he said. "So I a bit of humor, like video. fruit.
1: I watched the same video.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you've yeah. So I I, yeah, yeah. and I think maybe it's because Batman versus Superman. Maybe we felt like it was too strong and too hard. I think maybe that's where where you're coming from. And I think yeah, it definitely has its flaws. But I think looking at it from a um, from a media perspective, and I think I look at it more as the themes and then the characters. Definitely, Superman and Batman could have been done better with the whole Martha thing. Um, Why did you say that name? Um, (laughs) But I think that looking um, looking at just the whole media idea, because, I mean, people would be going nuts. I mean, for example, people are already worldwide going nuts over a businessman sitting in the presidential chair. Yep. People talk about it. So it would be an overwhelming media sensation if we had Superman here today. And I think, and I think that was a really interesting way that they looked at it, and how it's kind of like people look at him and say, um, "You can save everybody. Why don't you save everybody?" But then there's the other side. It's I don't know. I I really liked those um, investigations into those themes, but it, yeah, I guess it's the the lack of humor. I guess lack of bathos.
1: Okay, I gotta tackle this because I saw that super pretentious video and I gave that guy lots of credit. Oh, you didn't like it? Well, No, I I, I give him tons of credit for being an intellectual, but he's over-intellectualizing comic books. And if you've read comic books, for the most part, you have bathos even in the darkest moments. That's where the pulpiness comes in. People, you know, kids wouldn't stick with it if there wasn't some silliness. Now, I agreed with him about Captain America Civil War. I hated the airport battle. Everyone that says that's the greatest thing in comic book movies ever, it was not the greatest thing for that exact reason it was th- th- there was mm. no stakes they had to almost kill you know Rody just to create some stakes he even he didn't die they, they were fighting as if it was just a practice run and quipping at each other when the when the real cl- they should have just skipped that whole thing and just done the climax with iron man and winter soldier and cap now Captain America the Winter Soldier which he didn't address does not have bathos you know and at the time actually Brittany people Marvel fans thought Winter Soldier was almost too dark Now I know that seems silly for someone who loves BVS but at the time people thought it was almost too dark because everyone was a bad guy and they were Nazis basically and everything Captain America had fought for for his whole life was going down the drain and his buddy was being brainwashed behind the whole thing does not have bathos and what Joss Whedon did with the Avengers at least one i felt he did it with both but at least one is he created a, a a um he created an atmosphere of jokiness but everyone was always on edge because of loki in the situation you know mm-hmm. and even leading up to iron man's final um sacrifice and what joss whedon does so great and why i think he's getting a Batgirl, girl and if i don't know if you're into firefly and serenity and the other stuff that joss whedon oh done. yeah i've
0: seen him i thought it yeah. was very that last episode of firefly yes. It just it's it
1: is the pinnacle of that that series, I think. Oh, objects in space with the the bounty hunter. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. And um, uh, but what he does so well is Joss understands that the best time to have humor, as long as it's tasteful, is during the most dangerous moments because that's how soldiers operate. That's how people who fight operate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you need to have you know, like when Hawkeye and Iron Man are making fun of each other during the final Avengers battle. You know, um, or Steve and Tony are going at each other in that context. It, it, it makes perfect sense. That would, that would be the time that would be funny. That's why Ultron, the best part of Ultron is the final battle because the humor is so good, but it's all because they're scared shitless and they think they're going to die. You know, the talk guys talking about, you know, remodeling his house and like, yeah. How <laughs> shouldn't yeah, be yeah. there.
0: I'm just a guy with an arrow. Um, but I think that's interesting. Yeah. You, you bring in Josh Whedon into this conversation because um, it, it, the... But the the guy in the video was saying that as soon as Joss Whedon left, that was
1: when yeah. the bathos was I agree used incorrectly. Hence my videos, Brittany, that I'm coming to DC. Come on, how, how much more obvious can yeah. I get?
0: <laughs> you just you just follow him rel- yes. religiously. Yes, eh?
1: um, I didn't give two shits about the Avengers movie before Joss Whedon wasn't. I hadn't even seen the solo films. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna go a little bit off track here, but I just I feel like I need to get it out because um, you've you've given me the Sarah Connor Chronicles to watch, oh, yeah. and the 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 girl that plays the um, the cyborg in that, and Summer then Glow. also she's in Serenity, S- and then also Summer she's Glow. been on Arrow.
1: Summer Glau should have been sorry, on more that? of Arrow. I can't believe they she was so great on she Arrow. They so should use more of her.
0: Underused. Yes, I watched Arrow, and before I had seen Serenity or uh, sorry um, Firefly or. Or Sarah Connor Chronicles, and I watched it, and I thought, "Who is this actress? I don't give a damn." And then I'm watching Sarah Connor Chronicles, the episode where um, she's talking pretty much to herself in the future. You know, the the actual human her, and then the cyborg. Oh, her Allison, she's a tor- I'm like, this oh yeah, incredible. Alison Young. This is uh, that is incredible acting. Yep. And I'm looking at that. I'm thinking she's an amazing actress yes. who is so Preach. underused Preach. in Arrow. And I actually got angry. I got very angry. Oh my god. And I'm I'm sorry. I just had to. I know we're talking DC, but I had no. to get that out somewhere.
1: No, it's related because Joss is going to find a way to put her in one of the movies if he can. She's not right for Batgirl, but like he's at least going to consider who
0: would you cast her.
1: her? I think as a Who'd bad guy, or, or, or like uh, like a huntress yeah. type character, like sort of on the on the fence a little oh, bit. Oh, huntress! Yeah, you know what?
0: She'd be pretty good at Catwoman. What does she look like now?
1: She looks fantastic. She looks like she hasn't aged a day. I like every time you when me, when when they canceled Sarah Connor Chronicles. Me and my dad like almost went to Fox to burn down the place. I mean, we were so <laughs> upset. He's a gigantic. We both are yeah. gigantic. Summer Glau uh, 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 fans, and yes, I would put her in the top five most underutilized actresses out there easily, easily. And mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that because you brought it up. I genuinely love Summer Glau. Yeah, and and her relationship with Simon in Firefly is so sweet.
0: That, um, that Allison Young episode definitely mm-hmm. just was, I was like, yep, you are now one of my favorite actors. Wait, how Actresses far are you? Just,
1: how far are you in? Oh, I
0: think I'm halfway through season two, so uh, I've so just
1: seen... How about um, the, uh, the beginning of season one, where John's squishing her with the car, and she's like, John, stop, stop, I love you, I love you, oh, John. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was incredible, and I'm just watching it like this is so twisted
0: because yeah. it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, I've actually just watched the bit where um where Sarah and the team are at this small town, and there are dead cows and stuff, and they're at this funeral where one guy isn't actually dead, yep. and there's a drone that's going around too. So it's all like kind of aliens, but but it's actually not aliens, obviously. Yep. It's just future tech. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about where I am, and it is uh, – I'm sold. Yeah. And I just saw that she, recently that the, the, girl, the lady that plays Sarah Connor is in Game of Thrones. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I should watch Game of Thrones now. Oh, you've <laughs> never seen oh, that
1: oh, Most people know no. Leena Hedy either from 300 or Game of Thrones. Yeah. Speaking of Zack 300.
0: 300- oh, how did I not remember that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is the beautiful princess. Wow. Yeah. Well, also flawless American accent for an English actress, very high level of difficulty. And she, by the way, is completely different from that or her character in Game of Thrones in real life. She's very, very silly, uh, um, potty mouth type, you know, um, British actress, but she plays these really hardcore roles. I'm so well, glad you goodness. like it. I love Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. I actually have, I, have, I bl- brought down the bl- Blu-ray before you said anything the other day. I've already had my Blu-ray downstairs like ready to queue it up one of these days. Yeah. Yeah. But that's an example of a show that's super dark, but funny, right? I mean, they they, they find, I mean, Derek, how, Derek cracks me up. I know he's not the best actor, but he's so, he can be so hilarious in his stupidity. And him and Cameron going back and forth. I mean, the best is Cameron and Sarah going back and forth and John just, what's great about that show is you think John is going to be the annoying teenager like he is in the other movies when it first starts. hmm. But by the point where you are right now, like he's kind of the adult moderating, between the other children yeah yeah
0: but okay so i've actually just come across some i think it's fan art of summer Glau as x-23
1: oh that would be cool
0: i mean like i have kind of doubled back on what we were saying about the young actress but i mean
1: she is ambiguously ethnic looking and so she could potentially yeah um although i mean laura pretty good at domino actually yes make her domino hell
0: yeah make her, her oh I'm getting excited yeah
1: I think the sorry thing, I think I think part <laughs> of the thing with Summer Glad was just she's um she's very very shy and insecure in real life um mm. and so sometimes Hollywood can be a cruel place for for uh-huh. people like that but I remember when I saw that she was gonna be an Arrow and then I, I can't believe they didn't explore that relationship they had such hilarious but real chemistry with her and Oliver did I thought that she wouldn't have try to and seduce him, him movie more, movie. I thought. It made no sense. But um, how do we get on this? Um, oh, yeah. I have absolutely yeah. no idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. So the point is, I agree with you. They, they tried to make Avengers 2.5 without Joss Whedon. And I don't think... It, Infinity War is going to be so overbloated. There's no way Infinity War is going to be good. Right? But, but... Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther are, both look incredibly promising, and I know that I've accused Marvel of hand holding its directors before. You know, Edgar Wright was originally directing Ant-Man and then left because he felt like they were trying to control too much. Joss Whedon wasn't happy with it, but between. Um, uh ryan coogler who directed creed uh who's directing black panther with that cast in that property and taika waititi who's so fantastic who did hunt for the wilder people and other stuff um new zealander um doing thor ragnarok i i I think Brittany, we're gonna know a lot more by sort of the end of february after those two movies about whether marvel is willing to uh, release the reins and by the way world is freaking out right now in the United States because the Han Solo movie directors were fired like straight up fired with like three weeks left of shooting and replaced with Ron Howard who is one of the greatest Hollywood directors of all time but is also kind of old school and you know the guys who were fired did the Lego movie they did 21 Jump Street like they brought them in specifically for some new humor but Kathleen Kennedy who I love and respect who's been with Lucas film this whole time was just like you guys are butchering Han Solo, so fuck you, get out of here, and we're gonna bring in Ron Howard, who, by the way, George Lucas asked Ron Howard to uh, direct the prequels or one of the prequels. It's interesting to think whether the prequels would have been better with Ron Howard at the helm or anyone but Lucas. So Disney's in a little bit of turmoil right now. You know, are, are you familiar with ESPN, our sports net, the sports network? Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. So they're owned by Disney. They've been losing money for years um because of all the the alternative media when it comes to sports. Their ABC yeah. A B C shows are disaster. Agents of SHIELD is completely not given the right treatment. Now they're introducing in humans, which I have zero interest in because I've I seen know. Agents of Why Shield. Inhumans? I, I don't, they know. Should, I don't uh, know. I
0: don't know. I don't know. Um I think that it's directors are changing chairs so often nowadays. There's not really anything to worry about either. I mean, bringing in a classic actor, like you're saying, Ron Howard, is going to bring in something really good for such a classic material. Oh, yeah. I mean...
1: No, people are happy happy that it's Howard. They're just upset that it took this long. Lego? The Lego movie? Not the Batman Lego movie, although they were producers.
0: Yeah, so it it doesn't... uh, I don't know. Hearing that doesn't really make sense to me, but um, that sounds like a really,
1: really good move but um no my question is look let me put it this way even though patty jenkins created a superhero that was a true superhero in the old school golden age sense of i want to save people no matter what Mm. as a complete contrast to batman v superman and even the dark knight to a certain point you know to a certain amount but it felt tonally consistent with bvs as you point out, Gal Gadot's performance informs and makes even cooler her performance in Batman v Superman.
0: Mm, especially when um, when Lex Luthor gets the name wrong. He says Prometheus hated humans. And then <laughs> Diana is just like, oh my goodness, this guy's a moron. And she turns around and like, walks away because obviously we know it's Ares now. That's the history of it.
1: So, even though, uh, you know, Wonder Woman was it's sort of an old school good guy in a way that even Captain America's not. I mean,. Captain America operates, yes, from a good place in his heart, but there's also a sort of guilt behind everything and and a burden. Because remember, Steve was just a skinny dude who got the super serum. Mm. So he always is going to have an insecurity, which to me makes it relatable. I never cared or liked Captain America growing up. But the portrayal of Chris Evans, where he always plays it like he's that scrawny kid who just happened to get powerful. And, you know, he's still the kid who used to get picked on, but he would still try and stop bully fights and then get his ass kicked, you know? like mm. and part of that's because Chris Evans in real life is actually like a very um sensitive theater type like he grew up in theater uh, you know like he, he's super manly obviously but you know yeah he's not like a jock in real life i mean you know he likes the patriots but other than that he's like you know he's, like, <laughs> he's kind of a nerd he describes himself as a nerdy theater guy so that comes across great but, but diana being born with these powers there's no burden there her only burden is to try and do everything to save the world right yeah and meanwhile even entire movie batman v superman fighting each other because they don't agree with each other's methods about how to save the world now if Justice League can bring this whole narrative forward and explain it all by the way, Jeff Johns is claiming that they're not upping uh, D- Diana's role in Justice League, and that it was always significant. I am calling bullshit on that. There's huh. no way they're doing six to eight weeks of reshoots with Gal Gadot and not giving her more to do, even if it's just so they can do it in the trailers or whatever. And as we pointed out, it just you can already tell she's like the field leader. She has to be, right? I mean,
0: yeah. I feel like I feel like there's going to be a few times where Batman says, "Okay," like he'll try and take the helm. And he'll be like, We gotta do this, this and this, and then one woman will be like, you can't because of XYZ and talking about like the tactical so like override him a little bit and he'll be like, Okay, you're right, yep. And I feel like Alfred would be in the background going like I really like this woman. This this lady, I really like her, I really like her, oh, <laughs> like Anna God, Candy. Eda Candy.
1: Yeah. By the way, did we get on was it on mic that we mentioned that she's from the office or was that off mic? I forget already. She's from the office, people no, no, watch yeah, the we- office.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was on mic. Yeah.
1: Um, But anyways, uh, but uh, here's a good place to bring in uh, comic books, actually. So if you look at the Justice League comic books, um, I've tried to read what are considered some of the better runs. Um, You mentioned some. I haven't had a chance to do the one that you mentioned. I know the Injustice ones also, as you mentioned, were supposed to be good. There's one that's just called Justice that's supposed to be really good from a a few years back that's just like a big graphic novel. Um, My observations are... uh, maybe I'm just not reading the right one but the chemistry always seems off with the Justice League because they all have such different pasts and even different motivations Mm. and maybe that's part of it like the Avengers can feel this way in the comic books too like it's supposed to be a little off. the power levels are so different and so forth and some are cosmic some are from the bottom of the sea some are you know the flash whatever Uh, Batman is always trying to contribute because his powers is so underpowered compared to the rest of them but what I do love is just what you pointed out which is none of of them can agree what to do diana just tells them what to do and they do it basically which is great
0: i feel that really the justice league what what really separates it from marvel is the justice league really are singles just pulled together feeling like okay this threat is too big we have to work together but they don't want to they don't like working together whereas um avengers they they do they they're almost like a family they like especially black widow and um, hawkeye they really rely on each other and then um, and then there's Captain America even just gained um uh, Black widows trust, and they became really close and then it's just it really is they've bonded, they've come really close as the Justice League are really they're all such different heroes in what they want to do and what they believe should be done, and I think because of that, they don't work well together, and I think that's the appeal for Justice League because it's like, okay, we have to put aside our differences and fight dark or or get rid of war world or something
1: and I think um, based on uh, the Matt Reeves who's about to release war for the planet of the apes which is getting great advanced press um, those aren't my types of movies, but they have been quite good this series. Um, so I'll probably see that. Um, he also did Cloverfield, which was like a big cult classic back in the day. He directed Dawn of the, Oh Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, he's on a bunch of TV and stuff like that. He's just an up and coming guy. He basically wants to go back to Detective Comics Batman, which I think is great. And as you uh, suggested, the notion of a Batman in the past, like in the fifties with a young Batgirl or something like that, I mean, would be amazing. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but.
0: Because mm, that's what I really hope will happen with Batgirl. It's its one thing that's really great about what happened with Wonder Woman is because she's set back in World War I, yep. nothing, it's not affected by any, any yep. Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman. So I feel even with Batgirl, mm-hmm. if they take Batgirl back to like the 90s um, before I guess Jason Todd died, where it was a bit more – it would have been a bit more fun, vigilante kind of stuff, yeah. I guess. And that would be a, a lot more – a a better storyline because in that way, although, yes, they're still heading towards the same target and still in the same universe, I feel the director, Joss Whedon, will get a lot more freedom in doing that. Um, But I really – I've heard and I'm pretty sure it's confirmed Mm. as well that the Batman film is going to be in Arkham Asylum. And I think if they have that today going into Arkham Asylum, they can really make that twisted. I feel like that tone could really – I think that would probably – probably could take the heaviest rating for DC of him of Batman just trying to like going into interview say the Joker and then trying to fight his way out Mm -hmm. past like Victor Zaz, for example that would be terrifying I think that would be a really interesting way for them to go in this in that film there
1: can I give you a third possibility here, which is? Shoot. So you have uh, the Dark Knight movies, which tried to maintain some noir things, but was clearly set in the present or even near future. Um, you have the recent X Men movies, which have tried to be time periods to lesser or greater extents. I think between First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse, which were set in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, respectively. The only one that really hit it out of the park, uh, both in terms of the time period and the movie, is Days of Future Past. Now, First Class has grown on me, but his portrayal of the 60s is, is laughable. I think it was supposed to be pulpy, though, which I didn't get when I first saw it. You know, um, It's it's by a director with a much different style. Apocalypse is just a mess, and the 80s-ness never really came through. I, mm-hmm. How about just having an old-school feeling, Batman, where they don't even tell us what year it is? They mix up the cars that are being driven. I mean, they do this in some other movies. Oh shit. What movie did I just see r- recently where they, they mixed up, um, cars and, and buildings from different time periods on purpose to throw, throw this off. I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Well, I'm not sure,
0: but they do sort of do it in Gotham in that you don't really know the era. Oh, which we've in, never
1: talked about in Gotham. That, Yeah.
0: But I, like. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the series. I watched the first one. I uh, no, I watched the first and second season, kind of lost it around Hugo Strange I'm kind of like this is a bit weird but I think that because of the type of phone that Gordon has the type of equipment that is in the GCPD it's and the cars that they drive and how they mostly have um revolvers instead of glocks I think that's an interesting alternate time period that um could be could be you know referenced yeah and I think that's really cool cuz I, I that's Batman needs the classic gangster cuz I feel like that's the era he he thrives in. You know, as much as people don't like fedoras, but fedoras suits and Tommy guns, I that's that's the Batman animated series to me and that's Batman to me. That's the classic, you know, Penguin leaning out his window with his goons with Tommy guns and it's like a nice 40s car going across the freeway. That's what I remember. That's what that that's, that's my basis of Batman. And I think you're right having like this out of period at a period of time that they film this in, would be an incredible way to go.
1: But if you just look at the Batman the Animated Series, and I'm talking about the original one from the 90s, I know there's been a lot of other good ones since then. It, it didn't, ha- because it's a cartoon, you know, it's short form, it's cartoon, they can draw whatever they want, they didn't really, they could have it be old school without having to specifically say, oh, this took place in the 50s and 60s. And I'm not sure why they couldn't do it in the movies, but, you know, listening to Matt Reeves, it sounds like they might do. By the way, you know Detective Comics is at like just 967 or something? Uh, it'll be interesting to see when they hit... I guess that's still a little ways, a couple of years away from 1,000. Um, hmm. I was checking out the store the other day. And speaking of which, your girl, Batgirl, is currently the lead star or co-star of three, count, count them, three monthly uh, comic books right now. <laughs> she's got... Yeah,
0: what's up? Buzz Price, Supergirl, and... And Batgirl. Just- plain old batgirl bird yeah.
1: slide yeah and i'm, I'm reading yeah. batgirl birds of prey because i love seeing the other characters but i'll probably go back and do batgirl um i've got a couple of the digital with her and supergirl um i can't imagine how she's going to help supergirl other than her brains I- i'm assuming um mm. but uh it's just cool i mean you know you'd think it would be supergirl coming into batgirl's world based on tv um, and by the way, they planned all this before Joss Whedon officially came on board, or did they? Right? We don't know how far this go. This went, and you know, I've sent you this article, and I've been quoting it to everyone who thinks I'm crazy. But in the, in the um, interview with um, uh, Jeff Johns and uh, the other guy, John Berg, who are the two heads of the DC film universe, um, the, uh, the 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 writer from Variety, this is about a week ago. Uh, asks uh, Berg, uh, Joss Whedon is overseeing reshoots on Justice League and will write in direct Batgirl. How important will he be to the DC cinematic universe going forward? Berg says, he's a big part already. We love him. He's a great partner, collaborator. We want him to be ensconced, meaning have decisions with everything. We bring people by, have general meetings and talk about comics and their favorite superhero movies. But with Joss, he saw the master board and he saw a Batgirl title and he said, quote, you guys seriously want to do Batgirl? We said absolutely, and then Josh said, "quote That's my jam." <laughs> so that was it. He showed yeah, up. Hell he st- yeah,
0: it's your jam. Yeah, he showed up. <laughs>
1: they're talking Justice League, and in the corner, they see back He sees Batgirl, and he's like, "That's what I want to do." <laughs> that's what I want to do. <laughs> and yeah, so well, that's yeah, the thing.
0: The more recent Batgirl, um, Batgirl of Burnside, is so wonderfully stylized that he could really have a lot of fun with it, putting it to screen. Um, and we've actually fun little fun little point here we we actually have seen batgirl um in an animated film at the end of oh gee which one is it it's the batman where talia ghul comes in
1: oh yes uh, anyway I mean, I'm it's way like the, bat family. the yeah, i'm way behind yeah that
0: so says. that's this is the animated film and actually it's a really average film mm-hmm. but at the end when the whole bat family uh so batman robbins uh nightwing Batwoman and Batwing leaping off the corner of the building like, yeah, we're the Bat family. Then across like five rooftops down in Gotham, there's Batgirl coming out from the shadows in her Batgirl of Burnside costume. So it's like we can see um, there's a tease there a little bit in the animated world. Hopefully they'll extend on that. But then as well as Joss Whedon in the the cinematic world, it's just – it's an incredible, exciting – time for Batgirl fans I mean Absolutely. like I I sent you a list before where there seems to be yeah. a leaked casting list okay we're gonna get to that Let's we're gonna get to around. that. I'm gonna lead sorry, up sorry I'm it jumping though. ahead no I, all right <laughs> trust me I'm
1: as excited as you are um my biggest problem is I'm, i I have like a huge credit card bill from all these comics I've Bought the last month or so. I didn't realize how easy it is to buy oh, digital God. comics. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> it's like a hundred dollars or something.
0: Yeah, it is. in that, I stick with Batgirl and Birds of Prey because I know, I know, I am just gonna, I'm gonna be poor. It's gonna, that's it's an easy on. addiction to fall into, and I guess probably the nicest ones you can fall into, really. And look,
1: honestly, one of the biggest reasons to spend your money on Batgirl is yes, it's really well written, but you also are getting amazing value because the amount of dialogue and inner narration in a backrow comic book is like three to four times your average comic book where there's just a lot of punching, right? Mm. And even when she's punching, she's like thinking to herself, she's like, oh, I should have taken out the dog and the laundry, ba-ba-ba-bam, you know? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, and, that's, and that plays into the point of her having an eye, I- oh, perfect memory, I can't remember the proper word, eidetic or something? Memory in that she actually calculates so many of her punches and st- Stuff. it's not just like muscle memory rah, rah, rah. she's actually planning and in the one i've got where um batgirl burnside she travels so it's probably one of the most recent ones i think it might be volume four for the um for the trade section where she actually travels around asia and um she's trying to i guess this is the
1: volume one from 2011 right the batgirl burnside
0: No 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 no, no. this is one of the most recent ones so it's, it's, it's the one that loops off that's so beyond Burnside. That'd probably be it. It's the, yeah. It's the
1: rebirth. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah.
0: So yeah. this is, yeah, yeah. So it's like rebirth, but it's continuing on from back of the Burnside. So it's kind of like, right. one of the things it's confusing. It's like, okay, so she's over in Asia, but she's also in, she's both traveling in Asia in beyond Burnside. And then she's also in rebirth birds of prey. So it's just a comic book con- continuation or whatever it just uh, does my head in
1: <laughs> i got you so would, would you agree with me that that rebirth is yeah. getting things co- comic wise somewhat back on course from from new 52 and that maybe dc is doing and this connects to what i wanted to bring in earlier uh, it, it seems by like having a second chance at rebooting the comics at the same time that their movies are starting to pick up is somewhat uh, good mm-hmm. for them does that make sense
0: it's definitely good because, I mean, having a having a fresh place to start allows new readers who are coming from the mi- movies, it, it gives them a really easy spot to start. And something like Rebirth, which is aimed to have a, a modern feel but also so full of the classic heart that um, yes. New 52 missed, that is going to really help the new readers come in. I think Burnside, although it, it started before um, Rebirth, it is it is fantastic, and I, and I love it so much, and I know I am more an Oracle girl. Um, I say Batgirl just because not many people know of Oracle, and it's easier just to discuss Batgirl.
1: Although the fact that she's constantly trying to groom other Oracles is a lot of fun for me.
0: Well, yeah, you do see that a little bit in that, like, I, I didn't... One thing I didn't realize is that, you know how Felicity, Smoke and Arrow is the daughter of Calculator, and she gets paralyzed? For an age, I was just thinking, oh, she's just copying... Um, copying Oracle. But no, they didn't actually steal the story from Oracle. Calculator's daughter, um, I think her name's Wendy, um, actually was paralyzed and became um Oracle second. Like when Oracle couldn't do couldn't, hmm. you know, be at the computers. I think it's Wendy, yeah, Wendy would be there. So it's you do you do have some of these other Oracles, I guess, and uh, uh, about
1: I mean um, you just Brittany, you have to just get used to the idea that we're gonna see kick ass Barbara Gordon. It's gonna happen.
0: And I think and I think that's fine, but I really I really feel that if it would be a really big missed opportunity not to have Oracle in the Batman versus Superman universe. There's no way modern day, There's
1: no way Joss Whedon is not doing Oracle stuff because you know he loves that shit. It's impossible that you know Oh, so you think he 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 will just do Just think, think of, think, think, it? of, think, of think of Mr. Universe. Think of Mr. Universe from the Serenity movie, for example. I mean he could do such a hilarious um mm. thing it, 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 i mean would it really be that bad if they swapped you know like if one of the other barbara gordons was oracle you know it, it doesn't seem like
0: <sighs> what do you mean by other uh, other barbara gordons?
1: well you you said in our in our conversation um last time that you you, you were like look i know we're gonna get barbara gordon as as girl as sort of active girl, maybe there'll be flashbacks mm-hmm. to oracle maybe not you're like, but it would be cool to have Barbara Gordon just as Oracle and have her training a new Batgirl or something. And I'm just suggesting oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that they could flip like it. Oh, yeah, that would be like
0: Stephanie Brown. Sure. They're all smart, right? If I have Stephanie, Stephanie Brown on the computer, oh. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think she's really into the computer. Or what, what about like a I really mean, smart teenager? Any-
1: would that like a really, you know, like with, like someone that she's trying to train up because she can't do it. Like she gets killed killing joked and then she's Oracle and then she's back on the streets, but she needs an Oracle. So she, you know, she's trying to train someone new up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they definitely could do that. And I think that's yeah. another w- where Wendy could come in because Calculator is a great villain in the comics for, um, and it, we, we see that there, there's um, dual characters now on TV and movies. So there's nothing really that big of an issue if they did have, wendy and then the calculator is well involved
1: if joss um, whedon says batgirl is my jam i gotta think he's read more than you and me combined probably is, is oh, my guess. definitely yeah
0: definitely so if batgirl is his jam yeah. then i can talk about all my wants and whatever for the film but yes. i doubt he's going to do a bad film
1: absolutely absolutely so joss whedon graduated from my school like maybe 15 20 years before me uh my uni if you will um, and, uh, cause we say college over here and sometimes people don't know what we're talking about. Um, mm. uh, university. Uh, it's a very small university. We're very film heavy. Unfortunately, Michael Bank also came from my university, which nobody likes to talk about. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I got to like, Got to like shake hands and hear talk like Martin Scorsese and all sorts of interesting dudes when I was at school Um, and got to meet Joss and see an early screening of Serenity before I really even knew what Firefly was. And then I went back and I was like, okay, that's maybe the best television show ever. Um, And uh, I've never ever tried to work my way through the alumni Thing to get to him because it's just been increasingly impossible as he gets more and more famous but with the Batgirl thing I'm like already devising like a 12 month strategy of like how I can get him to answer like three questions for me or something uh, so mm. keep, keep that in mind so we can get to him but anyways the point is uh, we, we, let's maybe we'll we'll head towards the finish by tying a loop on what we were just talking about with the dceu um and also we talked about last week about this bat verse that seems to be going forward with nightwing and gotham city sirens i mean people want m- more margot robbie there's no two ways about oh, definitely. it i mean even if they don't do more suicide squad or any of those characters margot definitely has to come back um and uh talk about a, a, a seemingly down down to earth girl from Australia given given all things. Um based on the video I, uh, videos I've seen of her. But um uh you know, I, I, I think the problem with Margot Robbie is she's so likable that you know, like she's gonna have to keep going out of her way to be evil. Um which well, is a good problem to have Holly
0: isn't really evil. She's an anti villain. And the thing is Amoral. she's she like moral, yeah yeah because like the joker is evil definitely definitely which makes it such an interesting thing because harley is likable because she she's just been roped into this world i guess because she's so infatuated but really she's a very intelligent and i would even stretch to say kind woman because you know she she studied she became a um a therapist at Arkham, and she she had goals, and in, in in some renditions, she was so ambitious. She wanted to write her like thesis paper or something on, on the Joker. She wanted to be the one that figured out how he ticked. Um, and I think if delving into that will be incredible, just to see a bit more of her her past in that. But uh, um, and I and I think yeah, she's definitely not an outright villain, but she's that's that's what makes her such a wonderful villain. Wait, I just contradicted myself.
1: <laughs> That's okay. What I would do is make her the Helena Burtonelli of that relationship. Like she's going to be the not not to say we couldn't have Huntress, but in terms of the dynamics mm-hmm. of how Batgirl kind of slowly and steadily and tr- tries to be subtle but firm in her bringing Helena to the light side of the force. I could sort of I see the Batgirl character doing something similar to uh, to to, uh, to Harley.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that, but I don't think it'll work. Like, I would love to see it try, and then at the end, they come to a mutual understanding that neither is really going to budge from their yeah. standpoint.
1: No, I don't mean, like, permanently become a good guy, mm. just for, like, what you propose, where it's, like, Birds of Prey versus Gotham City Sirens, and then because of a much greater evil they're forced to come together but not not permanently um yeah yeah huntress has to happen black canary a thousand times has to happen um it's too bad they can't use katie lots who was pretty damn good i'm not gonna lie i'm 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 a fan of katie lots i'm not really clear why they put her on legends um i mean i know in terms of the story why she went to Legends, but she was always more. Mm. And she's a dancer, you know. She danced for Lady Gaga and shit. Like she's a real dancer, so she was always more convincing and did more of her own stunts than, than uh, Katie Cassidy. Not that Katie Cassidy just has done a good job. Yeah, but I really like Katie. Lotz. And I think
0: they really put her on Legends because a she has such a great fan following, and yeah. b
1: because she's the lead.
0: You don't, you can't, you don't want to get rid of such a fantastic actress. She is so phenomenal.
1: No, that was my point. My point was that as a guilty guilty pleasure, I wanted her to stay on Arrow because she's so great. And what you just said, yes, she's the she's the lead of Legends, as far as I can mm. tell. Yeah.
0: But what's amazing is I've just searched her name and a picture came up with her with red hair. Yep. And I'm like, yep. Oh, hello, Barbara Gordon. She's
1: extremely <laughs> I would, smart. I would
0: accept that. I think yes. she's very yeah
1: i follow her on twitter i think you do
0: it well i think i do too but i'm like never on twitter
1: (laughs) yeah i don't follow that many cw people on twitter um but i do follow her and she's extremely able to do her own stunts um she has that look um she has the hair i mean i don't know if she's a natural (laughs) redhead but she's close enough um Yeah, yeah, I would love to see Katie Lotz. I, th- I think that would be great. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they start poaching characters for DC. Okay, so this gets back to my final point for DC, and then we can wrap up on a couple quick things, which is what I wanted to say was I think if they're smart, the events of Justice League are actually going to impact the events of Wonder Woman going forward more than the events of Batman. That's what I would do. I would mm. I would continue to build this Batverse that's based in Gotham and is more hand-to-hand, right? Uh, the stuff that we really like. Like, and the cosmic stuff be more towards Wonder Woman. Like we know that they're introducing the Green Lantern Corps in some form or another, right? I mean, Wonder Woman could hang with those people. Batman can't hang with those people. Um, mm. it, it, it's unclear how Batman's going to be able to hang. Uh, you know, having read. I've read the whole Dark Side War, which I thought was somewhat unmemorable, actually. <laughs> I hope the movie is cooler than the comics of Dark Side War. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't super memorable. I guess I'm just not invested in a lot of the teammates yet at this point, and so I'm not. it's just not completely uh, working for me. A- and just where Superman is at the moment, um, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, do they really want to keep Henry Cavill? Like, I know... Th- You know, you like Henry Cavill, there are some people that like him. I'm not blaming him for the problems with Superman, but they they haven't done him... I mean, do you remember in Man of Steel when that guy in the bar pisses him off and he just like drops the guy's truck at the top of this thing, you know? Like, that's just a oh, yeah, dick yeah. move. Superman, even I know Superman <laughs> wouldn't do that. It's funny, I laughed at it, but Matt took me to task. He's like, dude, Superman, even, even me and Superman wouldn't do that. It's just a dick move, like you know? And, mm-hmm. and then for Jonathan Kent to say you should have let those kids die in the water instead of using your powers, like, it, it, it's just, a, I, I don't think, I think Zack Snyder's a Batman guy. Oh, this was my thing. And I'm gonna give you the final thought on this. I I talked to Matt about this a while ago when BVS situation. And I said, I think Zack Snyder was always a Batman guy. But because Christopher Nolan got in their buddies, they couldn't do a pure straight-up Batman set of movies right after the Dark Knight trilogy. And so he he was like, okay, I'll do Superman instead. But then he tried to Dark Knightify Superman. And it's just, you know, like I just know a lot of hardcore DC fans who are upset with the portrayal of Superman. And by the way, my last point going back to Wonder Woman about why it's doing so well, people say, well... You know, whenever you do a movie for an underserved crowd, quote unquote, which usually means minorities or women, then they'll come to the theaters. It's like, yeah, well, A, it has to be a good fucking movie. But B, it's not just yeah. women who are underserved. Wonder Woman has been a favorite of men comic book readers for a very long time. I mean, and this was my, my final point in my DC exposition was that there is nothing like Wonder Woman or even really Batgirl in the Marvel comic universe. A, a solo female superhero who's been around so long and had so many solo comics loved by men and women... It just mm. uh, just doesn't exist in Marvel. It does not. Ex- I can't think of a single example of a of a female character, even Miss Marvel, who has had that many comic books and that much of a following. do you, I mean, do you agree that this is a major major um, advantage for DC?
0: Just the just having like the female heroes yeah. up front. Hell yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, but I think the I mean, fact three that three in-
1: Batgirl super uh, sorry three Batgirl comics going at once. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's it's something else that really separates it from um from Marvel. But catching on something you were saying before yes. in uh Wonder Woman battling more like the the bigger things, almost galactic I think you said. I don't think that was the word exactly, but I think cosmic but yeah, galactic works. Cosmic, yeah. yeah. So uh having Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman um work together is so good because Batman almost deals with human crime. Superman almost deals with the galactic crime and Wonder Woman's almost more like the God crime, crime, God, terror, God attacking type stuff. And I think that's a very interesting combination. Um, and they'll probably touch on that going forward. And I think, yeah, maybe not so much space things for Wonder Woman, but definitely more like mythology and like Greek, not just Greek mythology. Heck, maybe we'll see Chris Hemsworth. I mean, they've already talked about it on Twitter.
1: Yeah, but I guess similar to the way Supergirl. I mean, Supergirl's more cosmic than Wonder Woman, and she can fly in space and so forth, but she's mostly dealing with it on the ground, trying to protect Earth. So, you know, yeah. whatever the, the fallout is of Darkseid... Actually, I didn't realize Darkseid was actually the minion of <laughs> another guy. I guess that's always the way it works. Um, and uh, I, I forget some of the name... The Anti-Monitor and so forth. Um, you know what's so funny? It's just a quick aside, is the way... DC always is so literal for the most part in naming its superheroes. Like it names its superheroes what they are. And Marvel comes up <laughs> with like bizarre names, right? So it's like yeah. you know, it's like this is Laser Man or whatever. I mean, you know, I mean it, you know, it's like it, it, this is Condiment it, King. Right? It's Green Arrow because he shoots green arrows and yeah, exactly. I mean other One of than my
0: yeah. favorite conversations is between Harley and Oliver Queen. And um, they're going into the Arrow Cave. And Harley's just like, why the heck did you call it the Arrow Cave? You should have called it the Quiver. And then Oliver Queen was just like, "Ah, oh, that's actually a really good point. (laughs) Damn it, that's a really good name. (laughs) Just going along the lines of names. Like, I mean, they missed some literal opportunities, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. But but anyways, yeah, I mean, I I guess I was just saying is that yeah, I, I mean, it, whatever happens with Superman, it seems like Wonder Woman, um, because she's dealing with all these mythological creatures in her own comics, for sure, which works in the comic books, but I think they need to ground her a little bit more in you know, earthly reality. And that's why she's in more, she's more compelling than Thor in some ways, because she is from earth, even though she's a bit alien and there's, uh, she's mythological in the same way. Thor's mythological, but Thor is not from earth. She's from earth. So her being a champion against both earth and cosmic, uh, bad guys going forward, I, I think could, could really work. Um, and mm-hmm. I just think, Ben Affleck, his best movies, and yes, he directed these other movies, but he also started them. Like his best movies, like The Town, and uh, you know, and, and those types of films are are very ground level. You know, he's very influenced by noir stuff. Affleck is as as a director um, in old school mob stories and stuff like that. That's where he's at his best, um, and I think that's the best way to to. Um, you know, bring in all these new characters. Um, it will be interesting to see whether they start revising their slate uh, openly. Um, they seem to keep adding things as opposed to taking them away. Um, are, are you? So we'll head to the final segment where we, we, we talk, we'll talk casting news for background and so forth. Just really quick before we get to Backrow casting, are, are there any movies? Uh, that we either know are supposed to happen, that you think maybe are not happening, or ones that that like n- more shoes to drop, if you will.
0: Well, I haven't heard that expression before. Shoes to drop.
1: Shoot, yeah, the next shoe to drop. Yeah, like the next um, piece of news.
0: Yeah. Well, nothing really new because we know of the um, how Margot Robbie wants there to be like a Gotham City sirens Harley film. So that's I don't really know of anything that's happening quite new from that. I mean, one thing that's exciting is that they're they're filming Aquaman still in Australia. So (laughs) that's probably the other biggest news. And my friend works at Warner Brothers, so he's trying to get all the information he can. And nothing really groundbreaking, though.
1: Does he? It occurs to me that he doesn't talk like a southern hick with the giant beard in the comic books. I could be wrong about that
0: no, I don't think he does. There is an aquaman like film called uh Throne of atlantis It's in the animated universe um although it's not the best story it does have like some beautiful um beautifully animated fight scenes so he's quite he's just like a a normal normal guy he's a fisherman but i think having like a biker angle like why 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 not yeah. i mean like that's that's awesome <laughs> yeah no
1: but i uh, i hope that d c fans are um open enough because both Marvel and DC fans struggle with this to have completely different interpretations. Mm. Like, you know, uh, 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 Tony Stark is actually somewhat similar to Hank Pym from the comics. And like the Paul Rudd portrayal of Ant-Man is quite different. Um, They tried to make Bennett and Cumberbatch exactly Dr. Strange and it just didn't work for me at all. Um, But you know, some characters act more like others I, it doesn't seem like uh, Aqu- it Seems like Aquaman's going in a totally different direction. I don't know how they're going to do underwater stuff, honestly. I'm not sure that's ever worked in a, a movie that's not The Little Mermaid. Um, <laughs> and By the way, uh, Patty Jenkins has confirmed that the, the, the opening scene with her saving Chris Pine on the beach was directly inspired by The Little Mermaid scene. The Little
0: Mermaid. That's so cute. Yeah. That's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. I love yeah. that movie. Well,
0: I don't think I've actually heard Anything negative said about Jason Momoa's Aquaman, and that might be because he is a very threatening-looking man. Um, it might be something else. I just think he's just
1: uh, making ladies Aquaman love him. That's why. Serious. Ladies love Jason Momoa. In my world, ladies love Jason Momoa. Yeah, well, true. And I think,
0: I think guys like him too. I mean, like as oh, if yeah. you wouldn't like him. Like apparently, for his audition for Game of Thrones, he did the hacker. Do you know of the Haka? No. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a that's an incredible thing to audition for, and absolutely terrifying. I feel sorry for the people who
1: are running the audition. Uh, Yeah, I mean, creating Game of Thrones has been in some other nerd properties. People love the woman who's playing Mira. Is that her name?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Mira. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, but M E R A. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Played by. uh, Oh, that's Amber Heard. Uh, Amber Heard. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Nicole Kidman. What? What? Wait, she's not in it, is she? Queen Atlanta. That's what it says. Atlanta.
0: Oh, oh I'm not a huge fan of.
1: Yeah. Ah. Well whatever. It's like probably a small role, and then you've got Dolph Lundgren as the bad guy, which is hilarious. Um, he's he's pretty pulpy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. <sighs> the movie could go, can go anyways. But, you know, my final point will be, a lot of the Marvel movies are, are superficial. I'm excited that, the, you know, there's, there's more visions coming through. I, I do think we're going to see some, s- some different vibes off of the Ragnarok and certainly from, I mean, Black Panther is not going to feel like a traditional Marvel movie. I don't think, uh, I don't think Kugler would have, mm. have done it with all that amazing black talent if, you know, if they weren't letting him do what he wants mm. to do, basically. And, uh, I do think it's a I I think to, it's, uh, mm. I, I think say, a similar thing yeah.
0: can be said for Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Just along the lines of I don't think it's going to really fit the traditional yeah. Marvel look and I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. And I almost feel as if the visuals of them are kind of taking off of Guardians of the Galaxy and that they're really doing like vibrant colors, yeah. uh, especially with like Thor's swords and then the African attire in Wakanda. Oh,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Guardians of the Galaxy is actually taking from Thor from the comic books. So Thor is just reclaiming what it should have looked like in the first place and not this like <laughs> yeah, probably, really yeah. dark look of, of, the, of the dark world or whatever. Um, mm. and, but I like that they're bringing those universes together. Um, I happen to think that the final Infinity Stone, the orange soul gem, will be in Wakanda with the Black Panther, especially because it's coming right before uh, Avengers. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to mm. force them to do too much setting up. It'll just sort of lead yeah. naturally into Infinity War. I've
0: seen a theory that actually um, uh, this seer for Asgard, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, Idris El- Gold Luque's. Helmet. Yeah, Heimdall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heimdall. Some people are saying that Heimdall has it. In his eyes. And that's how he can see it yep. everywhere.
1: My, my see only, it everywhere. I think they're throwing us off with that, especially because at least three of the Infinity Stones have been introduced in Thor or by Thor. So, like, the the Aether, and then Loki's staff, and then the the Tesseract, right? All of that stuff. Um, But
0: Wakanda is a good theory, considering it's so advanced in technology. I mean, like, why wouldn't it be there? They'd probably be studying the heck out of it.
1: And... Chadwick Boseman also played James Brown, the King of Soul, just saying it's the soul gem, you know I mean <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of soul in that movie. um I can't wait for the yeah. soundtrack oh. yeah <laughs> um but uh so yeah, so okay let's let's end with the back uh, uh background casting news, and then uh I'll go uh b- begin or end my night, and you can have the rest of your day um so, I'll just there's let you introduce lunch. it because I hadn't heard about any of this, so go ahead,
0: yeah, so just this morning, um my friend tagged me and it was like probably 10 minutes before we started this pod podcast of a list of possible leaked names, um, that, uh, people are looking at for Batgirl. So where is it? So yeah, it's a casting shortlist that may have been revealed. You know, everything is always taken with a grain of salt nowadays, but, um, really there's only three people I'm not happy with on this list. I'll just quickly go Wait, through Where did them. this so come from? Um,
1: where, where did this... This is, yeah. this is
0: from ScreenGeek.net.
1: Okay.
0: Mm, so, we have Ali Fanning from Neon Demon Live by Night, which I wasn't really sure of. Yep. Olivia Cook, Bates Motel. Never heard of Bella Thorne, Shake It Up. I didn't really like that idea either. Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why, who is Australian. She's from Perth. I actually have considered this, and I thought that would be interesting. Margaret Qualley from The Leftovers, Jane Levy from Don't Breathe. Who oh, I've heard. Emma Roberts from Scream Qu- Scream Queens. I'm not too sure about that one either. Haley Lou Richardson from Split and Edge of Seventeen. Wait. Which I actually think would be incredible.
1: What? The other Edge of Seventeen character? I love it. Yes. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, but she's I didn't know she was from Split as well, and Split is such like a um, almost comic booky as well. And so dark yes. and terrifying. Like I, I haven't seen it, but I know And, of and it has James success.
1: McAvoy. Who's one of my, my, many man crushes in Hollywood. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I mean like, yeah, who wouldn't have a cross on crush on uh, Mr. Tumnus?
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, I think um, the more I look at this, I would Haley Lou Richardson. Wow.
1: I think that might
0: be my favorite out of that list. I just, but I, I mean,
1: I just hope if list? she gets it, it's not over Haley Steinfeld. I'm totally fine with Haley Lu Richardson <laughs> getting it, but
0: but what if they were cast together again? But one of them was Catwoman, or one one of them was Poison Ivy, or something, and the actually, other Haley was Steinfeld. Girl. They still kind of happy.
1: Haley Steinfeld could be one of the birds of prey. Actually, she could. Mm. She could maybe pull off. She could uh, do Huntress really. Uh, well. I was going to say she could pull off Huntress, but
0: that's the other. That's the other thing as well. All of these actresses are quite young whereas bruce wayne has been shown to be quite old and grisly so that's where this whole idea of maybe the Batgirl film is set in the past Mm -hmm. um and disconnected from it in that sense or maybe they do maybe they are just introducing her now as um uh, bruce wayne is a grizzled old man it's just really shaking up the the timeline
1: (laughs) Uh, uh chloe grace moritz played hit girl when she was 12 so, these girls can handle it Nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, And I think if you're going to invest the time in this, maybe a long franchise, we hope, there's no real downside to, to casting girls between 17 and 23, right? I mean, that would seem to make yeah, the most no, sense. I'm,
0: I'm more looking at like the age gap between um, if any of these potential uh, Batgirls and Batman usually is probably 10 years, maybe a little bit more. But um, this is looking at, I don't know how old Ben Affleck is, but in the films he's looking like he's a little over 50 and these are all like 20 around 20 year old women
1: mm-hmm. so
0: they're just that that age gap is very interesting
1: mm. well I, I mean levy to me certainly has the best look i mean when i remember this reading about this a few months ago um and she's quite a uh acclaimed actress for her short career she mm. she looks like a more normal version of emma stone basically and oh no i mean i'm just saying emma stone just is like you know just her her eyes are just so ginormous and you know jane, jane levy just looks a little bit more like a normal girl which i think is what you want um and yeah. uh she's a natural redhead and she's jewish i'm just saying um <laughs> and, and in fact if you look at joss I, whedon's uh heroines, buffy's played by sarah michelle Geller's jewish black widow scarlett johansson's jewish Haley steinfeld or jane <laughs> levy maybe we'll see who knows um I th- oh God, can you imagine how happy he is about the redhead sorry i 'm just saying he must just going be so thrilled to have a redhead a fellow oh, redhead.
0: yeah, well, I mean like anyone can crack open a bottle or die, but um <laughs> I think that it's no, they the can't, biggest man. point is that Barbara Gordon really i to my what I think Barbara Gordon is is she looks to be the girl next door from all the comics and then secretly she 's a crime fighting vigilante, so I think as long as they hit the 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 whole, like, Barbara Gordon, secret identity, girl next door vibe. Nice. And I think that's really what they need to do. And I think that's what Haley Lou Richardson looks like. She really does look like the girl next oh, door. Totally but then Jane like Levy, yeah. I, I do agree with you. She she also has a girl next door kind of look. But she also has a – this is going to sound funny. But she does have a look a look in her eyes like uh, like she does have a secret. And I think that is cool. That's an interesting thing to – to take on she also looks like she's about to kick someone's ass as well
1: yeah that's what that's what i meant with the (laughs) emma stone comment was just jane levy looks a little bit more like girl next door um yeah yeah but uh, that's just also because we haven't been overexposed to her like we have been to emma stone um Mm -hmm. but uh just based on the fact of uh, i've seen a few of these lists if there's any truth to this i have to think levy's the front runner because i've seen her on the most different lists over the months, this is completely unscientific. I'm sure all these women would be wonderful. Um, if anything, I was actually I was hoping we had more of Haley Richardson and Edge of Seventeen. I thought they 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 wanted to get to this, the breakup, the friend breakup, so quickly that um, mm. you know she was immediately alienated or whatever. But I thought she did do a great job um, in that. You you've seen it, yeah, you saw.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. it. It's one of my friend's favorite films. So she was like, like, "You have to watch it," and I I terrified, like, kind of took it from her. Like, okay, I'll watch it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'll I'll leave on one question for you, and then we'll wrap up. Um, All right, shoot. So with all the new information we have, having seen Wonder Woman, and you know, just Joss Whedon working on the reshoots and Justice League, and they say they're not delaying it, blah, 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 blah. But what is, what's one thing that's like realistic? This could be based on something you've heard or not. What's one thing you'd like to see in Justice League that maybe hasn't been confirmed or talked about so much up to this point? It could just be a guilty pleasure. could be a small thing. could be a big thing. Like, What's one thing you, you'd be really looking forward to?
0: I think it would be amazing. You know that scene where um, Jim Gordon says to Batman, it's nice to see you're playing well with others. <laughs> How amazing would it be if Barbara Gordon accidentally walks onto the rooftop to find her dad and sees the justice league? Like she's going there to try and stop him from having a ciggy or something. It's not going to happen. You had to bring it up.
1: You had to bring it up, didn't you? Of course. There's no way they're going to cast mean, like, it in the next two months.
0: <laughs> no, as if, no, but I just, I think that would be a very, very cool. Even if that was the scene that we, we meet her in Batgirl, that'd be very cool. Cause I actually read a comic recently where, um, She and Canary in this dream kind of sequence thing. She's being psychologically attacked by um, a power person. She's uh, The bat signal goes up and Dinah says to her, aren't we going to go to it? And Barbara, Batgirl's like, we're not going to that. No, I have my reasons. I am not. That's not for me. (laughs) I do not answer that call. I think that's an interest. That was just, you know, seeing that um, if that's where it starts, seeing her on the rooftop. You know, and she gets, it starts with the fever, the rage.
1: <laughs> I know exactly how, I would love that. I know exactly how Joss could tease Batgirl in a realistic way in Justice League. So, this, this, would, either Shoot, be, share it. this would either be the very end of the movie or in the mid credit sequence, Stinger. And Batman would be coming back. It would make sense to end the movie with Batman for a lot of reasons. Um you know with his movie coming up that they start teasing whatever the next big crime is like something's going on at arkham asylum and we see him in front of his computer it's late night his cowl's off it's just bruce wayne he's just he's getting desperate um and then all of a sudden in like matrix style at the beginning with neo that comes on screen i'm oracle I can help or something like that. And then psh, to black. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. That is actually perfect because that's sort of how she first appears in, um, task force yeah. X suicide squad, number 26 or something or something. Yeah. She actually says, hello, is anyone there? I'm Oracle or something like that. It's just one panel in this like, that's whole it.
1: That's what they'll do. School. They'll use that. And I
0: think that'd be, that'd be great. And yeah. just, yeah, having that flashback thing. Ah, yeah. oh, that'd or, be or beautiful.
1: Or they could even like type a couple sentences to each other. And then Bruce might be like, who are you? And well, we didn't know has...
0: that he likes his emails.
1: Yeah, that's... True. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I have something that belongs to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a... It was a handwritten note, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that, no, that was in, in yeah. Wonder Woman, but oh, he does emails yes, yes. in VBS. Um, yeah,
1: well, I will be looking forward... So, wait, it's November for Justice League? Man, it's going to be busy, busy fall.
0: Oh, heck. I might be in London when they do that. Oh, shit. What are you in What's London for? Date? Oh,
1: just traveling. Oh, okay. Oh, the actual date? Um, I I know that it's coming out either two or three weeks before or two or three weeks after Thor. Um, November is actually a really good month these days to release movies. Um, But yeah, in like a six-week period, it's going to be like Justice League, Thor, and uh, Star Wars. (laughs) Um,
0: I'm probably all going to see them all in... Actually, no, Edinburgh. I'd probably be in Edinburgh by that stage.
1: Ah, well, have you been to Edinburgh before?
0: No, but my mum's Scottish, so...
1: Oh, really? Oh, the red hair. Yeah. Okay, no, it's not make
0: sense. <laughs> Although no one else is a redhead in my family. Me neither. Really. I'm the Sorry. only one. I am the only one. I got hit one. with the red stick. <laughs> yeah.
1: But at least you have a reason. Scottish. There's no, uh, there's no one from a redheaded country. I'm from Eastern Europe. Uh, so, ah! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get hit with the red stick exactly. Um, you were but, the chosen one, <laughs> uh, better than getting hit with the dumb stick, right? Uh, yeah, so, true. Uh, November third is Ragnarok, and November seventeenth is Justice League. So awesome! There, well, That's this so is cool. great. Um, uh, maybe we we'll, we can do a short uh, one a little down the road on uh, Batgirl comics when we both caught up a little bit more. Uh, yeah whatever's going on down there i'm sure some more more stuff will be leaking out as well um uh oh why don't you go um uh plug uh your um sites for us and i will make that available at the top of the copy and so forth what you're working on nova stream and so forth cool so
0: yeah i work with nova stream um the NovaStream Network, where you can find us on all the social medias with NovaStream AU. So that's Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Recently, we actually covered the um, the special holiday event at Movie World, which is really cool. So all the DC heroes were there. So you can see a little bit of um, your filming of the parade. You can actually see the full parade. My uh, my friend filmed the whole thing, the DC superhero parade with the villains. And there's also like a little video of the of the day of what you can expect from Movie World. But I guess. Americans, I mean <laughs> if you're coming on holiday, I don't I'm not sure how much this will interest you. <laughs> but that's what we've been doing. We um the most recent podcast was a bit of a fun one. We decided to do rip it or ship it. Just some random superheroes, whether or not we think that they would work as a couple if they didn't. So it's just a bit of fun. Um yeah, but as always you can keep up to date with a whole lot of different pop culture news from the Nova Stream Network.
1: I don't know how much of your stuff is on there, but you've had some hilarious and really good comic book uh photography on your instagram um oh yeah yeah. my
0: instagram yeah let me plug myself then (laughs) that sounds that's a weird sentence (laughs) um so you can my it's pretty much my name Brittany j howarth um i I put a little bit of comic book stuff there Uh, a lot of boomerangs from my travels to um to movie world i go there uh, fairly often um, you can follow me on Twitter at Brit underscore, underscore snippets. And yeah, those are the two places you can find me. YouTube, I do have an account called, what am I called? brick Girl. Girl. You can find me at Brit Girl <laughs> on YouTube as well. There's a few videos there, but not many. That's just a hobby channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So awesome. come say hi. I might say hi back.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Brick Girl. This was great. Um, it's been really fun kind of sharing this exp- Wonder Woman experience with you over, over all this time. Um, and uh, I'll just say, listening back on our uh, our enthusiasm when I was listening to the podcast, it uh, was not misplaced. I think, you know, I, I think we were a little hesitant to be like, this movie's going to make $800 billion, even though it's going to now. Uh, but uh, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is, seeing the movie multiple times has not dampened my like, love of it at all. Like, You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying not to oversaturate myself at this point. So I, I maybe we'll go one more time because it'll be in theaters for a while. But I feel like I, the first experience, maybe this goes back to the trailer thing, us being prepped a little bit for it um, helped me get so much on the first time. Um, and just you know keep finding new stuff with each each repeated viewing i can 't wait to see what they come up with next. Um, those two wonderful, wonderful women, unfortunately, not Mr. Chris Pine. Um, oh, by the way, really quickly, and then let you go because I meant to bring it up before. The reason I like the Ares battle is because w- with these origin stories, like I want a one or two dimensional bad guy that's just really powerful and not like mm. Joker or Loki, right? People complained about Ronan in the first Guardians, but I loved Ronan in the first Guardians because he was exactly the thing that they needed, you know, th- that was needed to bring them together, right? Yeah. And it, uh, Diana needed a villain that was not only worthy of her, but that would force her to realize her full powers manifestation. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Patty Jenkins, for not making us wait for another movie for her to fly or whatever. You know, we needed God, someone yeah. so bad and so evil and do something so horrible to her that she would get her full po- full mm-hmm. power manifestation. I know some people groaned at some of the Aries lines. It didn't bother me. Your thoughts on Aries, and then we'll really sign off.
0: I do agree. Some of these lines were a bit kind of i mean seeing him look up to the heavens when he was like banished and almost killed where he had like that mustache on and holding his gauntlets i was kind of i that was yeah he could have been better but at the same time he was the perfect villain in that he stands for everything wonder woman doesn't stand for yeah and that's why he was yeah Ares is the perfect villain portrayal wise (laughs) yeah
1: oh yeah well, I told you. I said the thing that people would complain about was the was the bad guys, and that's uh, all. All of the complaints are uh, are fine, and uh, mm. I, I would yes, I would have scripted the areas bit a little bit differently, but there was a certain level of pulpiness and over the topness to the whole movie, a bit of melodrama yeah. that it, in, in this particular. It worked for me, you know, whereas like the Red Skull and Cap 1, like not so much, you know, like it has to be, has to be the right genre. And I liked what they did with the costume, ultimately. I actually wish they had him in the costume even more straight from the book. So cool. All right. Well, thank you, Brick Girl. This was great as always. And uh, my pleasure. Continue to promote your stuff on the various BizzleCast uh, channels. And thank you, listeners. And we'll be bringing more of something to you soon. So BizzleCast is out.